0: track thing yeah. now nationwide everybody knows my name they're like mama that's kenny montgomery he sings that song we like yeah boy that's me roll out the trailer i'm crossing huh. them who's your tires glossing them cold kind we're tossing right. they know i came to wreck it yet i rarely bring out a caution yeah. i hit the high side Welcome to
1: Throttled Up, the podcast often imitated, never duplicated, your weekly home for the best in motorsports coverage.
2: Even your grandpa
0: talking Sitting on 24s, we don't ride on spinners. Uh-uh, I'm posted up on them 15s with platinum dirt defenders. Got kids up in my window like, hey, Mo, are you going to win it? Yeah, I hope y'all brought some stamps, because y'all know I'm about to send it on oh, me. Yeah. Dirt.
1: And welcome back to the 2019 wrap-up of Throttled Up the Podcast. We've had a great 2019. I want to thank all of our sponsors and fans that have stuck with us and continue to listen to us. And what we've done is we've put together for your New Year's Day a little wrap-up of some of our favorite interviews throughout 2019. We love and appreciate everybody that's come on and been a guest. These were just some of the moments that stood out to us throughout 2019. We hope you enjoy. We got Marty O'Neill
2: and Joe Hartwell there from Hartwell Racing and uh, the number 19 uh, Indiana
1: Pro late model car in-house this evening. And then one of our guest hosts tonight, my good buddy Dirk Smith. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> So Marty, i want to throw it out to you first bud and and Marty, i want to say I really appreciate you coming down we've we've been excited to have you on the show and and wanted to have you down with us and uh where'd all this start, man?
3: oh my, that's been many years ago uh I guess when I was fourteen years old or so well, my dad was brought up racing, <clears throat> and I always wanted to do it and uh one year I said, man, I really want to race, that. I want to race this year. He said, okay. And uh, he had an old 64 uh, Falcon, and he let me in it, which we did pretty good until I crashed it. And then uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then it, it just went on from there. You know, we just kept building and building.
2: About how old were you there when, when you, you drove that car?
3: I was 15 when I started this. Really? Yeah. Wow. And then I uh, went to a, uh, I forget what year, Mustang it was. And we raced it for a couple of years. And then uh, I built my own car, an 064 Fairland. And then after that, I started racing for Donnie Bremen. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, and went through him for years. And then me and Dad and Don all got hooked up together and raced for several years there. And then left there and went with Terry England for a year or two. I don't remember how long it was for sure. And then when we left there, I went for Marion Martin in Lawrenceburg. And then we didn't have separate ways there, but I seen things weren't going right. So me and Dave Peden got hooked up and me and him raced for, I don't know how many years there, and then he passed. And then I think that's when I went uh, racing for the Hartwells.
2: You, you've been with him for how many years now?
4: 12. Oh, that hasn't been twelve,
5: yeah.
4: I just, I did the math the day I couldn't believe it was twelve, but yeah, well,
1: that's hard to believe. That's a third of my life. <laughs> it it's crazy. That's a fourth <laughs> of yours, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Fractions night. <laughs> Thanks. So, <laughs> so what,
3: Marty? What else is it? What what keeps bringing you back to it? I just I love to go fast. I mean, that's really it. I really and enjoy the people around it. It's, it's, I mean, it's so much fun. It really is.
2: Even a, a rough night of racing, you still find some fun in it. I I mean, I, you know, I know there's some nights that you guys have to work your tails off because, you know, things happen on the racetrack or things don't always go right, but you know, you still have a good time by the time you leave the track, right?
3: It, It used to not be that way, but anymore we've said, you know, we're going out here and we're going to make this fun. No matter what happens, we're going to have fun. And, that's the way it's been for what the last four or five years I mean, that's, that's we, awesome yeah.
1: and obviously you guys have had a lot of success together um, and a lot of success over your whole career Marty but a lot of success together so what drives you now is it still that thrill of being in victory lane? Is it the is it the same, or does it just get like old hat?
3: It never gets old. I'm telling you, <laughs> everyone's like the first one, especially when you get my age. <laughs>
4: you know, I asked Dad a question a few years ago. He told he tells me about the glory days about you know he and Scott McKean, they won like all but two races at Twin yeah. Cities one year. I said Did it ever get old, and he said nope. <laughs> and you know, this last year we had where we I wasn't that quite that good, but like it was. We won sixteen of twenty two races or twenty three. Yeah. Um, that's pretty incredible. It never got old. In fact, and then when you lost, it, it almost hurt more because you know you, we let one get away. You know, right. we we felt we really felt like we had a really good race car and 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 we were the, the guys to beat every weekend. And there's some pressure with that. we were, I was thankful we didn't race for points because we had some fun just going to racing for for wins. Um, but then you start feeling some pressure to win some races, but at the same time, Marty's right. You know, we, if we had a bad night, we knew we had had, had some, a lot of luck go our way this year. Um, we were just happy, you know, every, every night had a good time and the camping, you know, I think honestly, when you guys started camping at the racetracks, when this thing got even more fun, you oh, know, we, yeah. always just after the races, we're going to have fun no matter what.
2: And boy, do we. <laughs> and, and, and I'm sure you know it, it helps with everything too that you're, you're already you know you just got to get up on top of the hill there and, and get you know climbing your camper and go to bed for the night too. so that
3: yeah. you know that helps with everything there too yeah, and, it does. It's nothing like taking a shower just right out the race. you, oh, know, yeah. because you can relax and talk to everybody and you not they don't have to stand back 20 feet to talk <laughs> to
1: you.
5: <laughs>
3: All right, then Joe, I'm going
1: to throw it to you. What do you think his greatest strength is as a race car driver Because he's being <clears> humble <throat> on me.
4: Well, I can go through a few things. If you has to the greatest strength, I would say that he has—he's relentless. If he's running third, he's going to try as hard as he can to run second, and you know he never settles in. Um, you know he's going to get the most absolute most out of a race car. You know we have a third place car; he's going to run third or second or first. I mean that's that's how good he is. You know, and there's times where he got a first place car and he has to work his tail off, and sometimes we don't win it. But I think more times than not we finished ahead of where the car probably should have finished. Now, I think in the last year we've had a car that was was should have won and, and, and did win. He's a he's a great driver, but I just always know that when we go on a racetrack, we've had other drivers that didn't do this sometimes where, you know, they would just settle in. You know, we're gonna be a, a third place car that's right. gonna settle in for third place. No, he's gonna dig a whole time. And I think if there's anything he's just relentless.
2: I th- I think you know, just me watching you're just so smooth on the racetrack, like you know where you need to go on the track, also, and you know that I think that helps out there. You know,
3: well, it's not that I that I really know where to go; it's that I'm searching so <laughs> we can go
5: better.
2: <laughs> I mean, but, I mean, you make it look smooth. I mean, you you really do. You know, you you can watch a driver. You know, when you're going around the racetrack and you see a guy just looks like he's really working, and and you just really feel like you know, like Joe said, you are just kind of settled in. You know, in the car.
3: And ready to go to work. Very comfortable, I guess. I'll, I'll use that word instead. Yes, that's where well, that's where it goes back to the shop, for you know, the shop for the guys doing so much work to the car to make it do whatever you want to do, instead of have to wrestle around the racetrack. I mean, it's a big difference.
1: I do want I do want to ask this, and I'm gonna get my one question in here now because we've talked on here several times. Marty asked me if I was dropped on my head as a child because <laughs> I love my sprint cars, but he was. Um, <laughs> i I do want to ask you got in the sprint car for the fun fest i know we talked a little bit off off air but what was it like to transition from that late model to a sprint car
3: unbelievable the steering i thought we had a quick steering in our late model no way i mean no comparison i could not hold that thing straight and the plus the power they got you know it's just explosive power and I don't know how them guys drive it with no side bite. I mean that big tire. It, there's no side bite in one. <laughs> you think that big tire though would have, would produce some side yeah, bite, well, wouldn't you? Well, I didn't feel it.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it's funny because, in the same sense, when when we had Pete and Drew able on, and Pete was talking about Drew getting in a late model, he said he knew what he was going to say. It's big it's it's hard to turn it's 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 slow to react and it's like the same exact thing that you're saying in the opposite and i think it's so it's i always think it's interesting to hear guys go back and forth and 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 how tough that is because obviously matt and i talked several times we're just we're just fans i've yeah. never sat in a car i've never drove anything um even though shout out to anybody that wants <laughs> us at the fun fest to uh, matt and i to race each other um Indiv- individually though, just by clock. <laughs> yeah, we've said we can't be. We tear to way together. too much stuff up if we got out there together. Yeah, so someone's that. retiring and wants to trash all their stuff. We'll yeah. race together, but otherwise, it's got to be on the clock, and that's even a, a chance. Did it feel awkward to you not having that whole right side
2: of the car to your you know to your right side when using the sprint car? I mean, did that feel different to you at all? Or
3: no, there was no difference in that whatsoever. I mean, you always, I'm always looking forward anyway. So. Right. But no, there was not that. It was just the uh, the sliding. I'm like, is it ever going to stop?
5: <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know, in our cars, you know, you can pick the throttle up, and it'll come on around and turn with you. And these here just keep sliding. You pick the throttle up, and they want to jump sideways with you. Wow. It could have been me a lot too hard on the throttle, too, you know? <laughs> From 400 horse to 800 and something, you know, there's a little difference.
1: So, what is going on right now? You got like four other TVs you can watch something. I'm out here focused on the Winter Nationals, so uh, but no, it is. And see, and Dora, she I mean,
4: she lived through it all, so she now she gets it, she understands it, and she she has her her sprinkles
3: on her drink during
2: the races. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. you gotta Sprinkles
3: are always good, so you gotta have sprinkles. I don't personally like them, but they do. (laughs) <laughs> well you drive
1: fast enough it blows all the sprinkles off. <laughs> so I uh and I do want to say this because you brought it up, Joe, and, and we've we've talked before because you said something about you and I at work and right. and one of the greatest things you ever said to me was you sent me an email last year and I think it was coming up to maybe it wasn't the Jackson, it was before the Jackson, but there was rumors that that Bloomer was gonna show up and you sent me an email about Black Sunshine might be there. And I said, oh, yeah, I heard Bloomer may be showing up. And you walk by and you go, do you know how great it is to have a boss that actually knows what that means? <laughs> yeah, it was Black Sunshine. And Bloomer. it, was, yeah. it yeah. was the greatest compliment I maybe ever got because you're like, thank you. Right. Thank you for at least answering <laughs> Nobody my Nobody else email. in the
4: building has any idea what that is. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, no. Sorry. One more person. Yeah. Yes. And
2: kids. There's a lot of kids. That they oh, yeah. Our, our
1: students yeah. absolutely do. So. Uh, but yeah, that was one of the best. But I do. Yeah, see- he,
2: he sent you that and then walked out and realized, oh yeah, he's a sprint car fan, so he's not that cool.
1: <laughs> absolutely, Could absolutely. Be right. Because I was thinking about Briscoe racing, and uh, <laughs> hey, that was pretty huge, Dave Darlin. That is Pilot. awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I and I and I am a Briscoe guy, and and huge shout out to Chase and what Chase is doing this year in the Xfinity series. But uh, that is very exciting that Darlin's going to be running with those yeah. guys this year. Welcome back to throttled up the podcast. It is officially our one year anniversary this year or this week one year ago, we sat here and started our first episode I believe it was called Racing is back yes, which was um, a bad premonition because I don't think we raced for a month after we started that first episode. I think you're exactly right. I think we made it to the
2: racetrack twice. In the next month, but never raced. We all got there and had to leave because of the rain. So,
1: but uh, so we're not going to make any, uh, you know, assumptions. We're just going to say, hey, that the... the it's close. The Indian icebreaker is, is close. It's this Saturday, um, and we're, we're hoping and keeping our fingers crossed. But uh, for those of you, again, we apologize. This is going to come out a little later. We couldn't get on Facebook Live. Thank you, Mark Zuckerberg. Um, must be too busy with you know privacy issues or whatever else he's been talking about on CNN, and uh, you couldn't get my Facebook Live posted. So, uh, But we do have, um, before we get into our actual guest tonight... I post earlier that we had a, a special in studio guest and it is the return of the man, the myth, the legend, Nathan White Shoes
2: Bowling. I don't know if I he's don't a, know. I ain't gonna call him a guest anymore. He's you know he comes enough that Well
1: I know. just had to come tonight to get my self esteem boosted up, so <laughs> <laughs> no, I do say that I, I really appreciated when you said I won the internet last night. That yeah. was that was my favorite. Did you see the post I put up? No, I didn't see that. He uh I don't even remember what you, what did you post? Um, oh, it might be the return it, of white shoes tomorrow. Yeah. You, it was on the throttled
6: up.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And then I put the gif of the kid scrubbing his white tennis shoes with a, with a toothbrush <laughs> and getting them ready. So, uh, yeah, we are, uh, I can't wait. I can't wait to see those white tennis shoes uh, get muddy. Oh yeah. 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 Um, yeah so but uh matt like i said a year in man and uh this is the 41st episode we've put out and you know i want to say that it's it's been really cool it's been a lot of fun it's crazy to me that we're a year in and 41 episodes in and uh you know, I, just, I appreciate you always being my my sidekick here and, and and doing the show with me. But even though we we joke with him, uh, Steve Maynard is on the phone with us tonight, uh, works at Earnhardt uh, Technologies Group. He reached out to us all the way from Mooresville, North Carolina, uh, and wanted to come on. And Steve, man, I appreciate it, and welcome to throw It Up the Podcast.
7: Yeah, man, thanks a lot. I'm, I'm glad you guys got, got a chance to have me on there. And Steve, so— and, I, Go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. And I I was just going to say, and I am a Seymour Al for everybody wondering (laughs) that purple that purple team. Yeah,
1: I almost had him. I cut in right there at the right time to block it. I I backed out. I shouldn't. I shouldn't have done it. You know. when you get when you got the opening on the racetrack you got to shoot the gap and i i pulled back and and waited so sometimes you just can't pick where your parents live (laughs) (laughs) but steve obviously man you've not just made racing a passion for you you've made it a career and where did that passion start
7: Well, I guess it started really right there uh, in in, uh, Brownstown Speedway. Uh, You know, being local there, um, we would always, my family and and I would go to the racetracks on Saturday night, and Brownstown was always uh, my favorite place to go, and because the racing was always so good, and, and I just, from that very early age, I just decided that i wanted to work on race cars and whatever it took to do that i was gonna i was gonna make it happen and uh so you know that's kind of where it started so what was the first car you
2: you helped work on was it a local dirt car or did you did you really
7: yeah i mean really um i had some family that raced um kind of got to be around that group a little bit and um i grew up across the street from um the money brothers that raced ASA with yeah. Mike Eddie yeah. and, uh, I hung out in that shop a lot. So that was my first taste of, of real race, race cars was, was asphalt cars. And, uh, but you know, I didn't get to go to those races much and, and, uh, cause they traveled quite a bit. And of course, you know, I was, I was only eight, nine, 10 year old boy then. So, um, but then, you know, like I said, just after going to Brownstown and, and, and meeting, um, I actually got to meet uh, for the first time down there, uh, CJ Masters, and got to talking to him. And and um, CJ said, invited me to come down their shop there in Crosstville and talk to the boys and um, about a job and and the rest is history there. And so I've just progressed along. From from that time.
1: Steve, I want to ask you this. You know, you talk about you guys make the parts for the dirt modifieds, the asphalt late models, and the dirt late models. What would you say is the advantage of of getting involved with Earnhardt Technology Groups? How can you help that driver that wants to go to the next level?
7: Well, I would say that there's a a number of things. Um, First of all, you know, we try to build parts that are um, user-friendly uh, parts that come with an explanation not just build a part and sell it to you um, so not just the parts I mean there's there's feedback that you get um, fortunate where we're at uh, we've been able to work with some real good race car drivers over the years and some good teams and and build a pretty good notebook of of what it takes to, to, to be successful and so uh, you know that that's a big part of it. Um, all of our parts, obviously with the Earnhardt name on them are, are the best that you could possibly build. Um, we just build a really high quality and high end part that, that, you know, I, I felt like, um, there was a place for it in our sport. It may, you know, there's, there's, there's certainly things that, that we do that, that cost money, um but there's, there's a lot of speed to be had, you know, and, and we do try to do a lot, a fair amount of, uh, testing and, uh, engineering and R and D work on anything that we build. Uh, and that starts with those top tier teams, you know, with those guys running that stuff out there, uh, on the tour and racing at night in that out with the best of the best. Well, that just, I can spread that out to, to all the customers, uh, you know, so I, I feel like that's a that's one of the, the good key uh, ingredients to, to why we're successful at ETG. And,
1: Steve, I'm going to ask you this. I'm going I'm to go back a little bit here as we talked about you kind of growing up there at Brownstown Speedway. Who were some of those heroes when you were growing up and that you just really loved to get to see at Brownstown Speedway?
7: Oh, man, there was a lot of them. But, I mean, I first off, you know, I, I would say that, that – Growing up there, names like Curry, um, um, Gill, um, those got peers. Those guys were, you know, those guys were were fun to watch. They really were, and not only were they uh, not only were they fun to watch, but they were fun to to interact with. As a as a young boy going up to them, you know, you look up to them and and, and you and you talk to them, and and they were just full of passion about what they did you know i think at that time those guys were pretty much racing for for a hobby you know it really wasn't it wasn't their livelihood and they was having so much fun doing it you know so uh those three guys there come to mind and you know there there was you know mike jewell um (laughs) rick hines you know all those guys um just you know, we it was a ball to get a to to watch those guys race for sure.
2: You know, I'll, I'll tell you when I was a kid there. There was there was a time there that I actually expected Rick Hines to go to NASCAR. I mean, it, you know the, he had a, a short period of absolute domination there that I really thought he was going to move on. You know, to the next level of racing there.
7: Yeah, you know, there's a lot of guys that could could potentially and and have absolutely have the, the ability to do it. I believe. I, I just think that that. Some of those guys, I think, you know, they they choose to stay where they're at because, I mean, dirt racing is is so exciting and so um, so fun. You know, it, it's just good racing. The the cars are fun. Um, so I, I think a lot of those guys make make decisions that keep them in dirt late model racing and don't go to NASCAR because, you know, it, it's just it seems like once they get to the cup level and that a lot of the fun's gone out of it. And, yeah. um, I, I'm not sure they, they really, you know, want to do that.
1: Well, and I know, I mean, you look at those guys that are even in the NASCAR that, you know, the Larsons and Stewart, when he was in these guys that they can't wait to, to find days off to go race. Um, I, I listened to that interview the other day on the Dale jr. Download. And I think it uh stewart said he had 93 races scheduled this year Mm -hmm. um in his sprint cars and i mean that's you know and he was excited to say that if he would have said nascar was running 93 races and he was still in the car not not knocking nascar but that would be a drag but he was like yeah i got 93 races i'm hoping to add a few more and and it is it's a it's a whole different feeling when you're when you're just you know getting to do it for fun and, and and a hobby all right steve here's my uh Here's my uh, question for you. I'm I'm gonna go a little off of the dirt topic uh, for just a second. Um, who's your pick right now to win the uh, the NASCAR Cup Championship this year?
7: Well, I, I probably should say either a Stewart Haas car or a Penske car. <laughs> my boys will probably have me. <laughs> huh. But honestly, I believe I believe that uh, I I believe that. I'm not sure exactly what team it'll be, but I believe it'll be a Toyota team. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, it seems like those cars are stout this year. Um, uh, you know, I don't know, but you you can't never you can't never rule out uh, Kevin Harvick. I mean, that guy is just steady as she goes. So uh, I would say right now he'd probably be my pick.
2: And NASCAR has to be smiling because right now there there really isn't a dominant team that has exposed itself yet. I know it's still early, but uh, yeah. you know we've had pretty much almost what every every make of car has won at least a, a stage you know and yeah. you know there's no one this absolute you know kyle bush of course is dominating across all the series but uh that's a whole show in itself to argue that 200 wins compared to richard petty's and and uh i know where all i stand
1: on that one but i'll just i'll just be quiet but uh <laughs> well you know, i'll say it and, and i'm a Bush supporter. Um it doesn't match it whatsoever. No. I, I totally you, you agree. Can't, yeah. You can't win across the series, and, and I, I'm a Bush supporter, and I don't mind him going down because I think it's. Now I hate when these guys do it all the time. I don't mind them jumping down to the truck in Xfinity because I think it's cool for those guys to get a chance to race against Kyle. But those 200 wins are not what Richard Petty did. So I, that, and, I, yeah. and I'm a Bush guy. So yeah, we're on the same page. That's that's rare for me
6: and you, Dustin. It is. But, uh, yeah, we're on the same page with that. I, I kind of think, you know, I. I like Kyle Busch. I'm a fan, but getting 200 wins across all three series, I think that just deserves to be, you know, on a platform by, by itself. itself. Yes, sir. You know that that's yes. something that's very unique. You know, it may not even be done again. Or, yeah, and it won't with, be with the way this format is yeah. and everything. It, it's it, uh, people don't appreciate it. You but know?
1: that's a great point. I I, I don't want to downgrade yeah. what he's done. It just doesn't stack up to Richard Petty. Right. It's a whole different yep. accomplishment.
2: I, I don't know if if Kyle Bush can touch Jeff Gordon's number just in the Cup series, right? You know,
7: well, you got to you got to kind of relate it to the time too. You know, when Richard was winning those races, there probably wasn't, but maybe three or four guys that could really, mm-hmm. you know, get it done. Yeah. Or as today, you know, Kyle's he's racing against. Uh, a whole lot more uh, teams that are capable of winning, and and, and a lot of uh, a lot of technology behind those guys. So uh, it's I'm not saying it's any easier for Kyle, but I just think the the era has a little bit to do with it too.
2: And I've said this on here before, and and uh, you know I almost sound like a broken record, but uh, a lot of these guys wouldn't have the numbers they had if we hadn't lost Earnhardt when we did. You know, Davy Allison, Alan Kawicki, You know, all those guys. uh, Robbie Moroso, I mean, so many people didn't... You know, he was just an up-and-comer in the Bush series back then. But I think he Mm would have made a big difference in Cup if he would have ever made it there before, you know, his passing also. So, you know, we, we... we can't leave those guys out of the factor of, of what would have happened.
1: Well, and let's not even let's not even talk about the guys that passed. Let's talk about in the last three to four years some of the guys that have walked away. I mean, Carl Edwards, Stewart. I mean, Casey Kane, Casey yeah. Kane. Let's go back to Steve Park, Matt Kenseth. I mean, yeah, I understand yeah. Kenseth out of the right, which is a crying shame. I'll never understand that. But and I'm not even a Kenseth fan; couldn't stand him, but that's craziness to me but you take some of those guys out i mean that's that's guys that absolutely would have uh been taken. dale earnhardt jr another oh, one you yes, just yes. brought up um there are a lot of guys that have stepped out of the the cars that uh could have been making wins as well
7: yeah i agree
2: uh, aj allmendinger I, I tell you what i, I rooted <laughs> oh, for that man. boy more than yeah. <laughs> just because he was always an underdog you know i was a i was actually a dinger fan and and i hated the fact that uh He's sidelined this year. You know, he, he made it interesting. Absolutely, yeah,
7: for sure.
0: Yeah,
1: and and it's so it's so funny to me. Not funny. It's it's, but you watch these guys, and it, it shows how much talent everybody has that makes it to that level. Because when they can get in good equipment. You know Clint Boyer, um, Matt De Benedetto has showed that he's got a little better equipment than he's ever had, and he's running. And they're yeah. talking about him the entire race now. Eric Almarola, yes. you know so these yeah. guys that can get in um, some decent equipment with some R and D behind them and some you know uh, shops behind them, engine programs behind them. All of a sudden, they can they can run with anybody.
7: Oh, no, yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, look at and, and I can use the 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 truck series for an example. Look at Kyle Busch's teams, his truck. <laughs> oh yeah, it, it doesn't matter who he, it doesn't matter who he puts in them. Those trucks are going to run the top three or four or five everywhere they go. Uh, yeah. Not taken away from anything that, of those kids that are driving them, but that is superior equipment. Yes. You know? So when you get an opportunity to set down in one of those trucks that that Kyle Busch is basically uh done all the legwork for you and you get in it and you mash the gas and hang on the third wheel, you know, that that's that, that helps a lot. You know, that helps a lot.
2: That that's a great point right there. You know, he he's taking a lot of the hard work out and actually just giving that just a boost to these young drivers to get them, you know,
6: amped up to get onto uh Xfinity in the Cup series there. See like I yeah. think that with you know, people complain about Kyle running like Xfinity and truck. I mean, I could be wrong, but he brings a lot of sponsorship to, you know, like Kyle Busch Motorsports, Joe Gibbs Racing. It gives a chance, you know, like who's racing a truck for him this year. Is it, I think Todd Gilliland and um, I believe Harrison Burton, you know, just if it wasn't for Kyle Busch, They'd be out of rides. Exactly. There yeah. wouldn't be anything like that. I I've just, I mean, I can see the people. Their point, how he stinks up the show, but I mean, that's his job. Yeah. So.
5: <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. Well, it's just, sure. I, I look at it like this. I mean, you you look at take any other sport. I mean, there there's college baseball teams that would love to have. You know, the top pitchers in, in Major League Baseball come down and, and have a chance to, to play against them. Even though they know I may never play them in the pros, I get that chance. There's plenty of guys in college basketball that aren't going to make the NBA that would love to play LeBron in a, in a scrimmage game yes. to get that opportunity. That's what I look at with this. If I'm, a, if I'm at that cusp of the top level or right below, I want that chance mm-hmm. to challenge Kyle Bush. I want that chance to Pat- run with him and see what I can do. Uh, but uh, I don't even know what to say. Uh, Chad Stapleton said he's running Stewart's old cup car. <laughs> <laughs> I heard Rick Gums putting his pure stock in the 410s this weekend.
8: <laughs> and a super light model setter. And, yeah. and,
1: uh, all right, I got to get back on track. Stapleton has joined the show, and he's totally derailed our podcast again. Um, I don't even know. But, hey, just let's end it here. A huge shout-out to the winners on um, Saturday night. Obviously, Rick Gum the pure stocks. Mm-hmm. Devin Gilpin, um, you know, unfortunately, Tyler Nicely had some issues. Um, Ryan Thomas had some issues. That's not taken away from what Devin did. But Devin jumps back in the modified and drives it up front and looks as um, as good as he always has in a modified at Brownstown Speedway. And then B-Shop, man. Um, and, and a shout-out to Mark Richards, man, to, mm-hmm. to get the uh, – Five in a row yeah and to get the rocket chassis house car back you know there and in that grouping, and that was that was really cool to see them and I know we saw Mark in Victory Lane, and you could tell how excited he was that the B Shep got it there
6: i just I think the Lucas guys are probably glad that uh Shepard's not going to run Lucas Oil points this year because that i mean I hate to base it off a of one That's race, a great point yeah, but he was pretty freaking impressive. Their Saturday. He was on a rail. Yeah.
1: I mean, everybody else, it was that total um, difference between everybody else was working their mm-hmm. car very hard, um, and he was not. He was just smooth as can be and could run away anywhere, and, um, and definitely an impressive showing by him. Devin Moran really impressed
6: me, too. That, that kind of, I mean, he's a good driver, but that really impressed me the run he had.
1: The, the two guys that I left with, and, and one was the guy that really impressed me in the Winter Nationals as well. Um, Devin Moran, obviously, I agree with. Tyler Erb is going to be a yeah. force to deal with. Turbo, yep. it, he he didn't have anything for B-Shep, but man, you talk about a guy that was working it to try and get anything mm-hmm. he could out of that racetrack to get up there. Um, and then again, I, like I said before we got on air. Watching Huddy and Don race door to door for about 10 to 15 laps was one of the coolest things I've got to see. Yeah. And, um, and though, how
6: hard that Hudson was driving into turn one in hot laps. That was scary. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I know you and I joked. Yeah. We
1: thought he was going to end up in the lake. Yeah. I mean, we really, yeah. it was, uh, uh, um, I don't see how in the world. I mean, that the track was right and he <laughs> tore into it, man. And yeah. it was, uh, so it was a lot of fun. And, um, but uh yeah huge shout out and again it's just cool that we got to get back into racing so let's move on let's go to nascar madness um and let's start here we're 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 gonna start in the in the top left here is that what we're starting where you want to start here matt I'll, you're the boss man let's just do your thing okay We'll, we'll go top left, um, and if you guys haven't seen this, go back on Facebook. We posted it. Um, I literally just searched NASCAR March Madness bracket, and we found this the other night with Matt and I sitting here and decided to do this. So let's start in that top left bracket. We've got in the 1-16 and 16 matchup uh, Richard Petty and uh, Randy LaJoy. Obviously, I went Randy LaJoy. Yeah.
2: I went. I went Richard Petty. Unless we was doing seats, and Randy would probably win. <laughs> so,
1: no. Uh, obviously, I went Richard Petty, and I think probably the entire table for sure went Richard Petty. In the next bracket, we got an eight seed in Joe Weatherly and a nine seed in Dale Earnhardt Jr. Where'd we go, Jr. Jr. I went Jr. as well. I went Weatherly,
9: even though old school. But I've just I've never been a Jr. fan. I think he just rode the coattails of his his old man and. I don't think he had any idea how to set up a car. I mean, he, he did win like 20-some races or something mm-hmm. like that, half of those being at a restrictor plate. But I don't think he could tell you how to set up a race car.
2: I would probably have agreed with you until I, I just got done reading his book that that he wrote over his concussions, and I have a different outlook on Junior now. So that's that's why I gave him a little love coming,
1: uh, coming out of there. So. And I'm going to be honest, too. I, I, I went Junior as well, and part of it – is I've been listening to the Dale Jr. download and I've gotten mm-hmm. a lot more respect. Yes, yeah. um, that too, yep. As he talks about his days in a dirt late model and, you know, working the car. And even the other day when him and Stuart were talking about how they had cheated, um, <laughs> uh, you know, and well, some. A, a race car driver cheat? Huh. The <laughs> there is no way. <laughs> the wow. only honest. I don't know if you realize this. The only honest <laughs> race car driver out there is Chad Stapleton. Well, that, everybody oh. knows that. <laughs> so um so yeah i went junior as well next one we've got awesome bill from so, so, Dawson. so junior gets the win right i yeah i went junior i for think once. junior for us uh, <laughs> three three out of four so junior gets the win <laughs> um yeah did you you got a brand new bracket or are you just you just writing down where we're at <laughs> okay that works too uh next one we got a 5-12 matchup awesome bill from dawsonville and swerving and ernie I got Bill Elliott. Yeah, I got awesome Bill. Bill Elliott. No no 12 upset in this one. No, that's – that. Um, and I know we agreed, you know, before the show, talking about Ernie Irvin that, you know, he had a lot more talent than maybe what he's remembered for. Um, Head injury uh, cut his his career short there. So. But he walked into a, a barnstorm there against Bill Elliott right there in the first round. And then uh, we've got Tim Flock and Bill Rexford. Tim Flock. Tim Flock. Tim mm-hmm. Flock. Man, we're well, not. What happened to the arguing on this? Yeah, thing. we're not getting a whole <laughs> lot of debate yet. uh Next one, six eleven. Terry Labonte and Buddy Baker. Buddy Baker. I went with Texas Terry. I went with Terry
2: labani as Terry well. Terry
9: I think he had a lot of respect from his peers and. Yeah, but I think Buddy
2: true. Baker was was a harder driver, man. He he, you know. Ooh.
1: Yeah. Hard. When you say Tell- harder. When you say harder driver, what do you mean by harder driver?
2: He raced in a different era, man, with uh, Pearson and all them guys, and, you know, you had to be a man to race back then. And you don't think Labani raced in an era where you had to be a man? Not as much. I mean, you were talking no power steering and, and you
6: know, springs in the seats. Labonny he won, like, it was 1983 Cup Series championship. It was back in the early 80s, mm-hmm. I think. He won, but... Yeah, I see. I'll you. take the yeah, loss. He eight,
2: I mean, eight, I'm just giving eight, some love to Buddy Baker. Yeah. No, and I'm not. I'm 80, saying no, yeah. Buddy didn't have anything. I'm Terry, just saying Terry won 84 and then again
9: 96. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're talking about 12 yeah. years apart. I mean, yeah. when it against different drivers. I mean,
1: I just think. I think you look over the career. I mean, I think Labani's the guy. Like I told you before we started, I pick guys sometimes just to argue. <laughs> they, I'll, I'll take the loss. Next and I think once we get out of the first round we're gonna have a lot more arguments because All it right. gets it gets heated up then uh next one I, I was born Chad I was born when when he was racing <laughs> the only one in the room that was
2: born but I was born <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: The next one um, here, we've got a three fourteen seed. It's actually Chad Stapleton and Derek Bottoms. I went Derek Bottoms. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Total <laughs>
6: chaos, man. How did Chad even make it into the bracket? <laughs>
5: I'm not
1: sure. <laughs> <laughs> Must have paid his way in. Oh, well,
5: yeah.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> next one up, we got a three fourteen seed. Uh, Rusty Wallace and Jack Sprague. Rusty, 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 Rusty. Yep. Yeah. Not even close. I think there's going to be some debate on this seven ten. Brad Keselowski and Alan Kowicki. I went Brad K just because Alan didn't have
2: the length of career that he needed to. Uh... That actually shocks me. You did. I thought you would go Kowicki.
9: I, went I Brad wanted Kewicki to. Kewicki my my heart well. wanted
2: to, but I, I, know, I, I went with Kowicki.
9: Did you? Why? Yeah. Um, might, might be just the Hooters car.
5: Well, that's... growing up,
2: I mean. No, I I thought that you
1: and I spent a few times, a few nights, in a
2: nights and a few nights and Yeah, I, I had every intention of wanting to, but I figured I'd have Stat Boy over here, <laughs> and uh, you know, Alan's stats don't stand up to to Brad Kay's and K's got the freaking, uh,
6: you know, championships. So yeah, I like <laughs> Brad Kay Also, by the <laughs> way, before we get too off subject, <laughs> Stapleton,
1: <laughs> did you have you seen your oh, <laughs> check your feed? <laughs> so i'm not laughing at you at all uh, uh chad you
2: gotta forget man i'm gonna have the microphone friday and saturday nights whatever night you show up i make sure to say something
1: <laughs> and, and i think i think the tough thing for me with a lot of these as well was the idea of some of these guys still have futures and potential you know, and I think Keselowski's yeah. got mm-hmm. championships left. I don't in. disagree yeah. with that. I,
2: if, if Alan hadn't got killed, he would have been beat I, Brad I K disagree. hands down, oh, man.
9: And I also like Brock Burton's point that Alan Quickie was an owner operator. I mean, he was doing it all I on know, his own. That's a good point. Um, you
2: know, he didn't even have factory backing because I don't know if you guys know this because you probably weren't born. But uh, he they filled the th in Thunderbird over, so his car said Underbird every time he raced the car. So, but but I went with Brad K, just
1: I did as well. So we had three Brad Kays, your Brad K as well. All right, uh 215, Bobby Allison and Johnny Benson. Bobby Allison. Yeah, Bobby, Bobby Allison. Allison. Yep. Do we want to finish this bracket out to the final four and then go to the next region? Yeah, let's do that. I like that. That yeah. way we, we kind of stay in the same drivers. So I believe we should have uh in the round of thirty two, we should have Richard Petty and Dale Earnhardt Jr. I went petty. Yeah. I, I mean, went I, I went petty. I went petty. Next one we got awesome Bill from Dawsonville and Tim Flock, Elliot. That Elliot. was Elliot. I went with Tim Flock again. I mean, a guy you're talking about
9: a guy who won twenty percent of his races.
2: Elliot's, and, Elliot's the first million dollar winner.
9: And I think NASCAR covered it up by kicking him out because he won so many races he was actually in. He won over twenty percent of his races in NASCAR, and they kick him out because he wanted to start a drivers union. Um, you give that guy the career that Bill Elliot had the length of time, and I think that.
1: And I don't disagree, but for me, when I think back to Bill Elliott, I think, and when you talk about being a man's man, I think back to running some of these big tracks before restrictor plates when you're doing 220 into the corner. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's the fastest guy in NASCAR. I mean, that, to me, mm-hmm. you got to be a man's man to think, that wall's at the other end of this straightaway, and I'm going to barrel down in there and hope this thing turns left. Um, so that's why I, 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 had to, I had to stick with uh, awesome Bill yep me too <laughs> all right then we should have terry labani and rusty wallace rusty rusty i was rusty, rusty. as well and then Keslowski and bobby allison brad k bobby allison see i went bobby allison, bobby allison. There. you had brad k why
6: i just did good enough <laughs> you, for me
5: yeah <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, it,
6: yeah. you know
2: i just uh you know i know he's part of the alabama gang and he's mm-hmm. uh you know heritage in nascar but this i went opposite man. that's all right i mean and, and you didn't expect that did you i did not expect that i now he, he thought it'd be all old school see
1: he, he i didn't cool. think it'd be all old school
9: i heard this back in the day but cool bobby allison story to get ready for races without all this air-conditioned seats helmets all that blowing stuff he should drive around in alabama 110 degrees outside roll up the windows turn the heaters on mm-hmm. to prepare himself for
6: races i've heard that too
1: that's what I wish I could say I used to do when the air conditioning went out of my S ten, but <laughs> I wasn't preparing myself for races, I just didn't have the money to fix it. Um, no, I, I, I just it's not just even really the, the young and the old. I mean I just I think it's really tough with these guys to pick on to pick a guy that we don't know where they're gonna go. I mean, because I still think Brad Kay's got the opportunities um to win more
5: championships
2: and i'm gonna tell you what sold me the most on him i actually wasn't a brad keselowski fan until he won his championship and uh all his interviews after the fact he just proved he's 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 like us he could sit in that chair right there you know next to nathan and, and be one of us mm-hmm. and
6: that that kind of won me over with him <laughs> yeah you know he he the him on the that wind tunnel on the yes sir on speed yep. channel that was one of the greatest interviews yes, ever i agree
1: he had no clue where so, he was at Okay, so we did have three Allisons, though, right? So Bobby's yeah, moving on. Yep. So this one we should have uh, Richard Petty and Bill Elliott. Where'd we go?
2: Petty. Petty.
1: Petty. I went Petty, too, and, and, and I, I'm not going to get into an argument about it. I did actually struggle with this we one. We don't need to argue. We all agreed. I understand, but I'm just saying I struggled <laughs> with this one. I mean, if you can give the reasoning between Brad K because, then I can say that <coughs> no, I struggled. Just because. Excuse me. <laughs> Didn't know you added some some backing there. Um, oh. Dealing with these scrawny announcers, Chad are rough. Um, <laughs> the <laughs> next one should be Rusty Wallace and Bobby Allison. Where would we go there? Rusty, Rusty, Bobby Allison. Did you really? Mm. Why?
6: Nah, just like he said. Just, just because. because. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so yeah, we're, because we're, I didn't like Rusty Wallace, we're, we're two and
2: two. <laughs> we're two and two, so we, we're gonna have to debate
1: this one out. Then did did Brandon go Bobby, Bobby Allison? Okay, yeah. go for it. Why Bobby? He's got it just because. <laughs> <laughs> um, Which in the I, world of trial law is great defense. This, mm-hmm. I mean, this would mean when
9: I asked you when you put this on, it probably had to be, depend on what track it would be as well. I mean, I, if, I, if it's a short track, I'm going Rusty Wallace all day long. I, I think mean, that's I the other tough Wallace thing. <laughs>
2: but i just um i kind of went outside of nascar on my rusty decision and look at rusty's upbringing you know racing almost everything before he got to nascar Mm -hmm. and that was that was what beat rusty out of bobby allison for me i just think i I, I picked bobby just
9: going back to the fact that he raced among a lot of those great drivers i mean i know rusty had some really good drivers as well um, but just competing against petty and those guys buddy baker didn't
2: you, you guys just kicked me right out of Buddy Baker, but now, now Bobby Allison raced against him, mean he's, you know, we're,
1: he's in, the, in the Elite Eight there. See, and I, I struggle with that argument because I think Rusty raced against some of the best as well. Yes, he did. I'm, mean, I'm right there with you, Dustin. I mean, when we get to farther brackets, I think Rusty raced against some of the best, as, uh, for my opinion, as well.
6: I got a feeling when we get farther into this, this is going to get a little rough.
10: I
5: like it.
2: <laughs> but, you know, he's arguing that he raced the best. That's why we need to move him on. But you guys laughed at me when I had Buddy Baker, who raced the same people. Well, But I'm still on that
1: other side. I'm still laughing at both of you. Yeah.
2: <laughs> me and you got rusty right now. We're, we're an alliance on this one.
1: <laughs> so I need, to, I need to know where my friends are. I, I, here's my thing. Again, and, and for me... And I'm going to bring something up later, but it's not for this Brock bracket.
2: Burton, yeah, Brock Burton, Rusty race at a far more competitive time. I, I think well, that... That's the, uh, I, don't, I don't disagree with that. I mean, heck,
9: Petty always gets the credit for being the best ever, but there was no corporate sponsors. You ran what you brought, and he, like somebody else posted, I mean, he, he had the best of the best. He was uh, he was the first guy to almost get a corporate sponsorship. And,
2: and
1: he was the richest, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. I
6: agree. Yeah.
1: Well, and, and Nathan, you and I have had this debate, and not not to go right back to Richard Petty, but you know people complain about the racing that's Mm -hmm. in nascar today go back to those races i mean he lapped the field i mean he was running away with it there was no you know if you if you want to talk back to i know we did stewart's greatest sound bites last week or or matt and i did the other night but yeah we didn't post those (laughs) when when you talk about you know uh what is racing and what is passing stewart's famous soundbite you know we can go to 465 and watch passing all day long Petty was able to really dominate the sport. Mm-hmm. That's why, with some of these guys, I went Rusty Wallace because I feel like that was a very competitive era when technology had come in, and we can argue whether technology has been good or bad, but the cars are more even, and I think he was a a more skillful driver. I know I'm probably going to get killed for saying that. So you're,
2: you're shaking your head, so you, we've swayed you? No, I'm just... I don't know. I'm well, you got to
6: sway one of you. Well, either one of us got to sway, or one of you guys... I'm going with what I had wrote down in the first place. I'm gonna stand strong. Final.
1: I'm <laughs> stand strong with Rusty, man. Okay, we'll just we'll just leave it at, at that for the sake of time. So we've got either Petty and Rusty Wallace, which is what Matt and I have. Correct, Matt, you're Petty yeah. and Rusty Wallace, um, yes. and then the uh, the wrong uh, group has Petty and Bobby Allison. Um, I went Richard Petty out of that group as well. I went Rusty, and and I can see that, but I still I I still went Richard Petty. Mm. Because I, I, right I here, still went
2: Richard Petty as well.
1: Greg Durbin, you know, he outmoneyed him and that's what he really did. I agree a hundred percent. But we can also talk about in the times, even as I'm resting as I'm arguing for Rusty in some of these things, and especially as we get into these new guys with Brad Kay, Did you have Petty too? Mm-hmm. And Kyle Bush, we can talk about the mega teams that have formed now, and if you're not part of Hendrick or Gibbs, um, you know, or you know, Roush Fenway, Stuart Haas. <laughs> you're going to struggle you know to to be a part of the sport i i do think he did but here's the deal he still outmoneyed him them for a long long time he still did it very consistently and he still did it very well and that's why i went richard petty i'll concede but uh
2: i'm i'm conceding with the protest because i got i had rusty in my final
1: four i struggled with with that that decision but i went that way (coughs) all right let's uh let's pause real quick um To get our next round of sponsors in here, and then we'll come right back to the next bracket. We've all heard horror stories about insurance companies and insurance agents. Let me tell you about my family's agent, Tommy Taylor. Tommy is an agent at Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance and is a multi-line agent that can keep all your insurance in one place. Why is a dedicated agent so important? When you have the unexpected occur, you'd much rather know the person on the other end of the phone. Contact info for Tommy 812-372-4483 at extension 2447 or look him up on facebook at tommy taylor indiana farm bureau insurance don't be another horror story stop knocking on wood and relying on a 1-800 number trust tommy taylor today p3 graphics is one of indiana's premier suppliers for motorsports wraps and apparel p3 graphics offers great pricing along with some of the best customer service in the industry Give them a try on your next project, and you won't be sorry. You can contact them via email, phone, or on Facebook on the P3 Graphics page. To find out more, go to www.p3graphix.com. Again, that's wwwp 3 graphicscom Hey, give Brad at Brad Irwin Customs a call for bodies,
2: interiors, fab work, setup, and consulting. With Brad Irwin Customs, you can stick them deeper. Calling today at
1: 812-216-3900. All right. Let's go. Uh, do we want to go to the bracket just below that or the one to the right? Where let's are we go, going? Let's go to the right because I think the one b- just below that is going to be the biggest argument.
9: That, that is yeah. the, the, and, the, and that west bracket, by far, to me, is the, the toughest. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, It, it has the best I riders. I mean, they were yeah. some guys that just got I,
1: I agree with that. So I'm going to let you go ahead. We're going to the east bracket. I'm going to let you read them off this time. Dale Earnhardt and Todd Bodine. Earnhardt,
2: Todd
6: Bodine. No, I'm just kidding.
9: <laughs> <laughs> if it was Jeff o'dine it would have been a been a little bit closer.
6: you yeah. yeah. Had to think. Yeah, I got I got Ironhead. Ironhead. So. Yep. Uh,
2: Benny Parsons and Carl Edwards. I went BP. I went Carl
1: Edwards. I, I went, went Edwards too. I went BP. Here I, we go again. <laughs> We should have had an odd number on; (laughs) would have made this much easier. Oh yeah, or you just get a
6: coin out and flip it. But I
1: and I do think they're both very, very close. I just think, and the tough thing for me here is, I think with Carl, I consider the fact that he could have continued at a very, very high level, but he didn't, and And, and that's fair. And I'm looking at everything, but (laughs) but listen, I'm going to say the same thing you just said about Buddy Baker. We can't say Alan Kawicki could have continued because he died and what he could have done and not say Carl Edwards could have continued. So we, we're bringing Buddy Baker back then. <laughs> yeah, we brought him back. He's in the he's in the consolation bracket with Chad Stapleton and Derek Bottoms. <laughs> he's in <into> the B main. <laughs> Come on, help me
2: here, Nathan. We got uh, BP there. Yeah. I'm looking at everything he contributed to the sport, right. not just in the driver's seat. You know, he came back and broadcasted. Yep. You know he he did a whole lot more. When Kyle walked away from the sport, he walked away. You know he, he is can no longer contributing to the sport. Benny contributed till he died. I just think if we're talking about drivers, I think that
9: Carl Edwards is one, and everything he's ever said in. Mm-hmm. Not saying that Benny didn't, but I thought he proved himself. I don't know.
1: That's just. And here's the deal. I'm going to be 100 percent honest. I'm really not going to argue this one a whole lot because whoever they are is getting slaughtered Slaughter the next, next round yeah, that's so, a, yeah. I'm, yeah I'm they're not, just moving on one more I mean, you're exactly right i mean so i'll, I'll concede to whichever one you want to put because again they're not going anywhere um so all right this this for you we'll put we'll move edwards on he's trying to save some of these favors <laughs> yeah. so he can get his uh-huh. later
2: <laughs> yes yeah, i don't care about that one really
1: i i don't either
2: i mean i it is what it is because the next round's over all right kevin harvick jeffrey bodine harvick harvick Happy harvick, harvick. Yep. yeah yep. i think he i thought that was pretty easy
1: and i i, I that's another one of those seedings i think I, Jeff, okay. jeffrey
2: got screwed on the seating on that
1: but can i also say that i think kevin harvick got screwed in the bracket he was put in oh i agree with uh, yeah because i think in a, some of these other ra- brackets he could be considered a final or a final four drive I, I think they just wanted the the fact that to, pair, two, to the, pair those two together
9: two. since harvick took over after he died i, I think that was a purposeful oh, thing. oh I, I see what you're doing just, yeah. like, just like the NCAA bracket. They'll, they'll put teams so they make sure they face each other again. I think that's what happened.
1: And but I don't but. disagree. But I, when I sat there and thought about that, if I put him in some of the other brackets, I struggle not bringing Harvick out as a Final Four team. I mean, when you talk about the dominance he's shown consistently since getting in a cup car, it's hard for me not to say he shouldn't be there. Now, the guy he's going to run into makes it extremely difficult to to move him on. And I, and I took a long time on that decision I, as well. I did too. Buck Baker, Curtis Turner i was
6: buck baker buck baker buck baker
2: buck man. baker the Curtis Turner is one of the
9: one one like maybe one out of two guys i didn't know
2: all right kurt bush and red byron kurt bush for me kurt bush for me when i went kb hmm. i went red byron just because very first ever nascar champion war veteran you guys might not know this you did because you did some studying but he was crippled He actually had he had to wear a brace on one leg and he had to set up all the uh the clutches and everything in the car because of his bad leg see i didn't know that yes and uh he probably brought some of the very first you know ingenuity into the car because he was he wore a brace so he probably you know so that that was my reasoning for red byron
1: but uh i can't argue with that but i and this is probably gonna get me killed around you know but i think kurt is underrated i do oh, too yeah I, I agree with you but I, I think kurt is underrated because kyle has the the personality and he's out there and, and not that kyle is a is overrated kyle has done what he, no, he, he is. should you think he's overrated oh yeah kurt i mean kurt's, kurt's
2: he's, he's a personal promo machine you know so you he, can be a
1: personal uh, promo machine and still not be scott overrated is
2: a
9: personal promo machine and he's not overrated no I you're right
1: that? i said scott Bloomquist today yeah yeah Kurt Busch is Chad Stapleton
9: Kurt, is a personal Kurt Busch promo machine. Has made every team and he's ever been with relevant. Mm-hmm. Furniture yeah. Row, Furniture Row, he, uh, yep. he made them relevant. Yep, and that, and that's what got Truex there. And now going with the one car, I mean, making it relevant again. I mean, it was relevant when Jamie Murray won a
6: couple races, but all right, I'll concede to Kurt. But with Kurt,
2: Busch, but I just want to, I want to on the
6: record that I gave Red Byron the very first ever NASCAR champion a little love. <laughs>
5: yeah.
6: If if Kurt Busch wouldn't have lost his ride with Penske. When he was in the 22, he went from the 2 to the 22. Mm-hmm. If he wouldn't have lost his ride and would have stayed with Penske, he would have had a heck of a lot more wins and probably another championship because then he went to that 51 car or whatever. But what caused that? A crazy his attitude. Crazy yeah. girlfriend also. Or, yeah. Yeah, then. yeah. Yeah.
5: yeah.
1: I'd also Cray- like... Crazy girlfriend about ruined his career. Yep, you're exactly right. I'd also like to give the credit to the first guy that ever started fire. I think that, you know, he's really an innovator. He he was the first guy right. to
2: ever... Lee, Lee Petty or Sam Ard? Lee Petty. Lee Petty. Lee Petty. I got Lee Petty also. <laughs> Fireball Roberts or Jeff Burton?
1: I had to go Fireball Roberts,
2: and I went this way just for Derek Clegg. I figured you went that way because he's a great baseball pitcher. That's why he got nicknamed Fireball. I, I went it just for You Derek probably didn't know Clegg. that either, maybe, did you? Maybe the best nickname oh, hey, ever man. in NASCAR mm-hmm. history. Hey, man. I went fireball also. I, so, I did too. I did. All right. Cale Yarborough, Ricky Riller Jr.
1: <laughs> hey, uh, wow. ad, did you, uh, Kale Yarbrough. Did, <laughs> yeah. just to talk a little NASCAR here, did you uh, happen to get the standings, uh, in our, our NASCAR league with, um, that you're, you're the new member to? yeah i finished fourth this last week did you happen to see where i was you probably didn't look that far no up. i seen you one that's okay and then in, in first i you maybe didn't get that far up in the standings it was a ways up there mm-hmm. did you who'd you pick in this uh, did, you pick, did you pick kale or your son <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'll be honest if he was my boy i'd be proud of him just because he dated danica okay? <laughs> not because he dated her <laughs>
6: I, I went picked, kale. I
2: picked. I picked kale also. So all right. So we got uh Earnhardt and Edwards. Earnhardt. 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 uh Happy Harvick and Buck Baker. Harvick. I went Kevin Harvick. I went Kevin Harvick. I
6: didn't. Really? Yeah. Why? He's not, he's not a Harvick fan. i'm not sure honestly i just just realized that well that works i'm not a good debater so (laughs) just because all right kurt bush or lee petty lee petty
2: i went lee petty i went lee petty as well i'm out on that one one because i actually had red byron beating lee petty but uh you guys give no love
1: to the army veterans so we'll go ahead and move lee petty up there I just want to say that Throttled Up supports all our veterans, and we appreciate (laughs) everything they do for us. All right. Fireball
2: Fireball Roberts and Kale Yarborough. (laughs) Yarborough. 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 I went with Kill Yarborough also.
1: So uh, Earnhardt, Harvick. Earnhardt, even though that's the crime of the century. I went with Earnhardt. Not because of that matchup, because Harvick should be in a different bracket. I
9: went with with Earnhardt as well. That was Mm -hmm. a tough decision for me.
2: Lee Petty, Kill Yarborough. Lee Petty. I went Kale Yarborough. I went Kale Yarborough. Yarborough. Lee Petty had a lot of wins. He did. He did. So yeah. did Kale. Right. Kale also. Three championships in a row. Kale right. Yarborough's fist fight in the infield of turn three at Daytona 500 was the most watched NASCAR race at that time. Mm-hmm. So I got to give Main- him credit. That mainstream NASCAR. Yes, it did. Yeah. I mean, you know, he drove the number one Hawaiian Tropic car back then. Yep. And uh, yeah, that is what made <clears throat> people want to watch NASCAR was sure that fist is. fight. Yep. And who do you fight? Bobby Allison. Allison. Yep. The nice guy. Yeah. No, Donnie. Mister. It was Donnie Allison. Mister. He fought Donnie Allison. Bobby showed up and got in the fight, but he was Correct. fighting Donnie. It was one of them. Yeah. All right, Earnhardt, Kyle Yarborough. Uh,
1: Earnhardt. Me Earnhardt. too. Earnhardt as well.
2: Me too.
9: Same thing. If Earnhardt was in another bracket, he may not <clears> made my <throat> final four.
1: But I'll wait. I'll wait to the end.
2: All right. Who's calling the next
6: bracket? Which one are we doing?
1: Let's go to the West bracket, and we'll throw it to White Shoes.
6: Uh, I think or we, do
5: should, we let, save let, West for last. Let's save the West yeah. for last. Okay,
6: Midwest and White okay. Shoes. Jimmy Johnson or Austin Dillon,
1: 116 seed. As much as I dislike Jimmy Johnson, I went with Chad Knaus. Uh, you know that I was, think he's led to as many of yeah. the wins in championships.
2: <laughs> that was probably one of the hardest picks on the paper for me, because I can't stand Jimmy Johnson, and I almost voted for Austin just, just because. What? Well, but,
1: I, but I took Jimmy. <clears throat> I do think Chad Canal should be tied to it.
2: Oh, he has to be.
9: Well, I mean, we could say that with a lot of guys. That's yeah. Just, that's part of it, though. Or, or to me, that that was part
2: of it. But I yeah. went Jimmy Johnson.
1: I went Jimmy Johnson as well. Yeah. This next one I struggled with.
6: I did too. <clears throat> I'm, I'm really curious over all of our answers on this one. Bobby Labonte as the eighth seed or Denny Hamlin at nine? I went Bobby Labonte. I went Denny Hamlin, but I, went Denny, I struggled I went Hamlin. putting I went, Hamlin. I went Bobby Labonte just because of the championship. That's why I yep. went...
2: I, I, yep. that's why I did too. Yep. Bobby Bobby has a championship yep. and Denny Dunn. That was no like argument for me. I, I, I struggled with that one.
6: Yeah,
1: yeah I, I would I'm fine with <clears throat> I'm fine with that argument with, with LeBon. Because I, I I literally went back and forth three or four times.
6: Uh this next one. <laughs> uh Matt Kenseth, five seed and Joey Logano at twelve. I went Kenseth
2: I didn't have a problem with this one at all. I was yeah. immediately
6: Matt Kenseth. Yeah. I,
9: I was I went Matt Kenseth <laughs> too, but I think Logano was another one who Might have got rigged on his
2: seeding. I
1: disagree. Well, here's where I struggle with this one. I went Kenseth (laughs) right away, but this is another one where I think I have such a disdain for Joey Logano that I I probably don't give him the credit he deserves. And I do think, I mean, when you go look at the other 12 seeds, um, I think that I have to agree, I mean, that he probably was underrated in this his peers have i mean
9: even know his peers don't like him i mean when you look at how they voted on some of the all-time greats i mean a lot of guys have logano pretty high
2: I, I called tony stewart on this one he asked me <laughs> if i was crazy <laughs> if i voted for joey logano so
1: i'll bust this <laughs> thank you <laughs> thanks no thank so, you <laughs> so, so, so kansas moved on in that one yeah, then. Right. uh i'll p- be honest that would be mm-hmm. tony stewart's Toughest bracket because he struggled with both of them. Oh yeah, nah. yes he did. Yeah,
6: <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see, Herb Thomas and Tim Richmond. Tim Richmond. Tim Richmond. I, I went, went with Herb, Herb Thomas. I did too. Why? Two, two championships. Yep. Two championships. Tim Richmond zero. If Tim would have got to, yeah, you know, the career he, you know, if he I guess got I went with if and, and I was a a youth when Richmond raced
2: and and, uh, you know, he he reminded me a lot of tony stewart you know he kind of had spunk you know he would you know would talk to the media and you know he he brought some attitude into nascar and i, I guess that's what i went with you know when i was a young kid i thought man he's a pretty
1: cool guy so he had, and, a,
9: he had a pretty boy look too yeah he was a rough guy but he was yeah. a, i mean
1: yeah, some yeah swag. He, he he has he, some swag he's one that could have he could come back in the nascar
2: today with yeah. what they look well for. You, you know the days of thunder movie is based on tim richmond not everybody thinks
1: it's jeff gordon but it, it's actually based on richmond so, I and and I can't argue with the, the Herb Thomas argument that he won two championships. I think for me it was just about who I had more memories of or, or who I'd heard more about and those kind of things. And I think for me it was it it, it was the same kind of thing with Richmond.
9: I don't have his stat written down either, but Herb Thomas is the all time NASCAR percentage wise winningest driver. He won twenty one point some odd percent yeah. of his races.
2: All right, I'll
6: concede to Thomas. I will too. Uh, Bobby Isaac and Greg Biffle. Bobby Isaac. Bobby Isaac. Bobby Isaac. Bobby Isaac. Although he got
2: out of the car because he heard voices. <laughs> and he dri- he was the first to drive the 24 car also. Did he know that his spotters were in his... <laughs> they told him to get out he was going to die. That was what he kept hearing, actually. Wow. I didn't... He pulled in in the middle of the race in pit, in pit road and got out of the car and never got back in because he said he kept being told he was going to die.
1: So if you guys want to... We, that's we had our that's own exactly story. what I said. This,
2: we is, had the hard, our own this is the hardest Gordon. bracket. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree with that.
9: Hands down, the hardest bracket. I mean, we have three different guys who could have made it, arguably, between the four of us in the Final Four.
2: We should have found a way to, to ally up on that one. <laughs> ally up. <laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good.
2: <laughs> no, you want to come after Smoke. Dude, I'm not going to come on... You know, I didn't have Jeff Gordon winning it. I did not. I didn't have Smoke winning it. But... I don't know. a man you know, I remember sitting at Florence Speedway and and at Bloomington Speedway watching Jeff Gordon drive a sprint car. And, you know, I was rooting for him. I was watching him on Thursday Night Thunder driving the, the
1: Diet Pepsi.
7: Silver I mean, Brown there's car. nothing like a
2: guy that moves from
1: California that becomes an Indiana
2: and, guy. And
7: he came to Indiana
1: just to race. And Gordon and Gordon was born in Indiana and Gordon, became the first Indiana guy. But Gordon. his family his family moved him here just so he could race. Oh, that makes it so much better what than
2: just of, being born here and growing what, up What kind of dedication is that? Gordon
9: could run so, there. He could run anything as well. So Stewart should Indy have moved guard. to
1: California. That would have made him a better driver. If he'd have moved to California to show his dedication. And, and was he the first Indiana guy? I don't think he was born in Indiana to no, win I'm, the Brickyard.
2: I'm saying the first Indiana, you know, born Jeff in Gordon. Indiana to win the Brickyard, 100. percent Born, yes, but
1: I'm absolutely Jeff Gordon claimed Indiana. Oh, well, I, hell, I claim all 50 states, so I can be the first. I mean, you was born in Illinois. I claim them all. <laughs> you was born in Illinois. Wait, wait till I go to Virginia this weekend. I'm claiming Virginia. <laughs> Claim them so, all, baby. Uh, so,
9: so our, here. Our if I've final, ever been to him, I was from there for that day. Our final four was is set: Petty, Pearson, Earnhardt, Jimmy Johnson. That's exactly who I had. Yep. Oh, I'm glad you got it fucking that, right. That's exactly. <laughs> hey, that's exactly who I had to.
5: <laughs>
9: Didn't get to the button on that one. <laughs> I think that yes, Earnhardt was the intimidator. He. I mean, these he guys would have are a lot, freaking nuts. He, would, he man. would have a lot less wins if he wouldn't have taken so many guys out as well. Mm-hmm.
0: But oh,
2: oh, yeah! How many that's, guys did Jimmy Johnson take yes. out at the Daytona 500? Come on, and he couldn't even win it. He can wreck thirty. He can wreck thirty of the thirty-eight
6: cars, and he beep, still he still can't beep, win the race.
2: Come beep, beep
5: beep beep. <laughs> Beep, 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 you beep, can't beep, even beep.
6: argue. Jeff's getting ready to sound
2: like de- Morse Coden here. <laughs> de- Dale Earnhardt wrecked a lot of his peers. They, what did Jimmy Johnson do in February, man? <laughs> are we still on air? <laughs>
9: <laughs> oh, I just I just did that one to get a I, I don't think we are. I just want are. to route, get a rise out of you on that one. Uh,
1: uh, holy okay. cow,
6: okay, man. Okay, so who's our champion? Between- hey, I'll
1: give, I'll give Tim Rivers credit. Tim said Jimmy's not even in the same class as Dale. Hey, man, Tim Rivers um i've lost all my
2: mine's blank now i'm gonna it's it's good my family's they're they're all
9: cut me down my my brother told me my grandpa's running over my grave right now because he was the biggest dale earnhardt fan
2: all right
1: i'm gonna you know, say
2: he needs to I, I can't believe you did that you did that to dale earnhardt man
1: i <laughs> i'm gonna try and inject something here um i'm not gonna say wisdom because. <laughs> Uh, I went senior, and this is the reason why I went senior. And these, these guys are drinking Kool Aid. That you no, know, I've been drinking both Light. Oh my
9: gosh, I, I'm the sober one.
1: I gotta, I gotta go back to the fact that again, and, and uh, do I think that Earnhardt had you know a great crew and guys around him? When and maybe this is unfair, I, and it may be, but when I look at those two. When I think of who is the who is the racer, who's the guy that can go and wrench in the in there and work on it, um, and I just saw what we got posted. there. I, I can't see anything because mine's gone now. So. Uh, well, Tom Allman just asked, does Walt Disney Motorsports need to buy a commercial? I think so. <laughs> it would be the cleanest thing that we've had for a while <laughs> since we got to the bracket. I, I just I think Jimmy in in terms of dirt track racing, Jimmy to me is a shoe. Jimmy and I'm dirt not, track racing. No, I'm I'm talking about the fact of if we're using the idea of a shoe. I don't hear a whole lot of guys in NASCAR just say a guy's a shoe. White shoes,
11: white shoe. <laughs> I, I, I
1: settle down and listen a little, Matt. Simmer down, there. Earnhardt to me was the full guy. Johnson to me is just a guy that gets in and drives a car. I don't I don't think he's a guy who he don't even know he don't know nothing about
2: you you. Knocked a guy out earlier because he didn't know how to set up a car or nothing. Jimmy Johnson couldn't tell you where the engine is in that thing. All he knows is the gas pedal, the brake, the steering wheel, on the seat, man. So I mean, if it wasn't if it wasn't for Dale Earnhardt, the only argument I'll give back. He's really good at it. If that's all he knows, he's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but if it wasn't for Dale Earnhardt, Jimmy Johnson would not have a NASCAR to race in. That's all I'm gonna say and if Dale Earnhardt wouldn't have died when well, Jimmy Johnson came along if it wouldn't be for moonshine we probably wouldn't have any of this right so, yeah, that's a we, fact we probably man. need some but, that, but, you but. know we kicked Junior Johnson out real fast and he was all about the moonshine he, so you're, he was you
1: know <laughs> all right and welcome back and uh, Matt uh, how do you feel like the season started off here rough that's probably the, uh, the word for it I would agree um I do want to talk a little bit about that, so let's go ahead and introduce who we got with us here tonight, and then uh, we'll jump into that just a little bit. Uh, with us tonight, uh, Indiana Pro Late Model driver, third generation driver,
2: be Britton Gatzi. Thank you for having me. Britton, pull that uh, mic
1: closer to you
2: there.
8: How's that? That'll be good. Let's see.
2: And also, we have uh, White Shoes in the house. Yeah, the legend himself. The one and only.
8: I guess I don't know that story.
2: <laughs> the White Shoe story? <laughs> yeah he was up recording one night at the racetrack and he tells me he did not want to go to victory lane. He was going to stay up on the roof because he didn't want to get his white shoes dirty. Uh So he's been white shoes ever since then.
8: So it's about like we're in flip.
1: I agree. So off of that subject now, but, uh, Britain, obviously you have this, you know, unbelievable family history that comes, uh, from the dirt world. I I would almost
2: call it the first family of uh, Brownstown speedway. I'm being serious, man. You know, how many years has a Gotsy race there?
8: Man, I'd Papa about eighty, so shoot. I'd say at least fifty some years. That's that's fifty five wow. probably. Yeah. Yeah. It's since since Mother Time opened, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs>
1: there was a gatsy pushing a pedal somewhere. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously you have that family heritage was there because i usually ask guys how'd you get into it well it's I, that's a pretty dumb question for me to ask you but was there ever a time that you didn't have an interest in it that you thought maybe this isn't for me
8: no not really um i always went and helped dad or steven and uh, i just just kind of had to wait until i could get the money to get my own stuff to um, start driving uh dad gave me the opportunity i drove a bomber for him a couple times when i was like 16 and i was playing basketball and everything else so I, I didn't really get to do a whole lot but uh he got a late model after that and then um he ran it a couple years and had some back issues and had to have surgery and he put me in it one night and it wasn't too long after that i was starting to pay him <laughs> for uh buying that car off of him and that's just been one step after the other and we're still everybody's still going
1: well, that was a good decision that you decided to jump in and do it. I mean, because obviously by your T-shirt, you have made some bad decisions in your life. <laughs> yes. Um, but that, <laughs>
5: that,
1: sticking with racing, uh, was a good decision. Yeah. I uh, I had to take at least one shot at you. There,
8: there's times, don't get me wrong, I think, man, I could go on a lot of nice vacations if I didn't have this race car, but you. you take a couple weeks and off and you realize how much you miss it all. And uh, I, I really don't know what I would do if I didn't race. So just got to keep going and what is it about racing when you say that you take a couple
1: weeks off you know you have this this desire what is it about racing when you get the chance to be in that car that just drives you
8: it's hard to explain you know i've always played sports and there's always that adrenaline rush before a game or this and that and it it's nothing's remotely close to what it's like to get in that race car um you know you you always have them butterflies and the nerves and but once you get out there and it, it's kind of like once they give you the one degree, green you just kind of forget about everything else and it just everything slows down you you forget about being nervous and you just you just go race and then i'd say the second biggest is just all the friends you've we i've made you know some of my best friends i've met at the racetrack and it's it's i don't know if i'd have any relationships like that if i wasn't involved with racing you know tyler allen one of my best friends and you know he's he's from indy so i would have never probably met him if it wasn't at the racetrack so it's just uh it's like a big it's like a second family from march to october it's uh it's like a family reunion every weekend pretty much so where is uh, the the transitions get harder and harder
1: every week um to bring it back but you know we're obviously you've raced at several different tracks but what are some of those top tracks that you love to race at
8: Uh, richmond kentucky if it was closer i'd go there every week and i'm not kidding um there's just something about that place that i've always ran well I've, i've been there just a few times back in 2017 um and i ran sixth in like a 2500 win super race um you just it's slick and smooth and you gotta be right on the uke tires and that that's what i love Mm -hmm. i mean i i I, it's just where i feel comfortable you know some guys like the top and i do not i just soon be right around the uke tires and i be the slicker the track the better to me Uh, it's just it's so much easier on equipment um it it puts it a little more in the driver's hands, mm-hmm. but I, I love Richmond. And then I've never raced at um, Farmer City, but I think that'd be pretty neat. It it's kind of similar to Brownstown, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I, I do too. In some instances, but uh, I think Farmer City would be really fun too. Okay, and talking about
1: going, you know, the bottom or the top. How how do you make that decision as you're feeling it out the first times you're getting in the car?
8: Ah, uh, you know. it's a good question because some people just have a knack for going right to the top and then some can just fish around the tires and
1: because i think both of them take a a, a skill i mean it's oh amen yes i I think sometimes people get so excited about the guys that run the top and and don't get me wrong there's a skill to putting it right on the cushion every time but there's a skill to getting right down around those tires and making that car turn and accelerate out of there too
8: yeah i can't tell you how many times i've clipped a Ute tire (laughs) and i mean it's it's i did it saturday actually um but I don't know. Brownstown, you know, 10 years ago, you had to run the bottom to be fast. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had to be smooth and you had to hit the hit your marks on the bottom. So I think, you know, watching Dad and Steven and all my family just run the bottom, you just kind of, you can learn a lot just by watching from the grandstands. And um, that's just something I've always, I mean, the very first time we went green, I went straight to the bottom
1: it was just natural
8: yeah i just and if it's got moisture or even if it don't i'm most i'd say about 80 percent of the time i'm I'm around the tires and if not i'm searching for something that i'm probably not going to find up top
1: and welcome back to throttled up the podcast and uh join tonight with uh some guests in studio was supposed to have one call in, but um, he's chicken. Ah, uh, yeah, I think the intimidation factor <laughs> just just ate him up. Uh, you know, I I'm I'm highly disappointed. Yeah, he's going to be here in two weeks, so I I don't know that we'll even let him sit at the table. No, we'll put him at the kitty table. Yeah, we'll sit him over there in the kitty table, so he. Until he can grow up a little bit. Oh, boy.
12: Um, boy, Boy's right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So this means I'm going to get to tell all the stories I want about him. He can't defend himself. He can't no. defend himself. Yeah. And, and he can't
1: complain, Derek, because we gave him the opportunity. That's right.
12: I mean, I invited him specifically. Yeah.
1: We, we, we
2: did, too. And then he said, I can't make it because of work. Can I call in? We're like, we'll, we'll let you do that.
1: Yeah, I've made and, every, every concession I could for this guy to be able to come on here and talk garbage, and he backed right out. So... So, hopefully, uh, he says that he's going to uh, maybe be able to call in. So, we'll see. We'll see. So, uh, But before we get started here with our guests, let's, uh, let's thank some of our sponsors here. How did you get started in racing? Because there was a couple of people that asked that. Where, where does this passion and love for racing come from?
12: So, for me, I think Dad started racing when I was about, I was like, I don't know, six or seven years old and uh and my uncle built the street stock in the backyard you know literally by the tree or whatever and started racing uh was some guys in the town there where we grew up uh they were racing dad decided he wanted to start doing it Hmm. so he raced um up till i was about 10 and i think right at the end before he quit um i didn't like to go anymore i just gotten bored with it because uh my dad is once he gets pointed a direction nothing else matters he's all go all oh, systems really? go doesn't matter what's going on doesn't matter what bills are due doesn't matter what you need to be doing we're going racing on Friday and Saturday Oh wow and I hated going at the end I'd stay with people I didn't even like so I do not have to go to the racetrack <laughs> And then the year after he quit, I was around 10 or so, 10 or 11. Um, year after he quit, you know, I started to grow up a little bit, started getting into cars and motors and kind of like that kind of stuff, and I wanted to go, and uh, they'd bought a house and done some things and just couldn't, couldn't afford it anymore. So, um, I'd go with my grandpa some. Uh, we'd go to the track sometimes uh, on the weekends and stuff, and I think I was around 15 or 16 maybe. And my uncle had a, like an old 1986 Wolf chassis or something. It was a, a go-kart. It was in my grandparents' basement. And so we drugged this thing out, and uh, we decided we were going to start go-kart racing. I went to a place in Somerset, Thunder something. I, I don't remember. It was on the right heading into Somerset uh, off like 27. And uh, we went down there, and we went like one weekend to scout and try to figure out what we needed to do and try to get it figured out. A lot of the guys Dad used to race with were there um, running go-karts. A lot of those guys were still around. They just switched down as running go-karts. And so um, we bought some parts and uh, went back and worked on it and then brought it to the track. And I think the first night my mom was – so I was old enough to run in the big class, like from know, 15 or 16, just all the way up. That was the open men's class. Well, the first week we went, this guy got turned on the front stretch – and his wheel, it, it knocked a tire off the wheel, and the rim dug in the ground. He cartwheeled down the front stretch, and somebody else come through and hit him. Oh no! It broke his collarbone and his arm and ribs and a leg. And mom's like, "You're not racing this class." And so um, we come back the next week. We had our parts and everything together, and had the cart there. And um, they're like, "Yeah, you need to run in the open men's class." And mom's like, "No, you're not. You're gonna run with the kids." So they made me run with the little kids. <laughs> So, I get out there, first night out on this cart. Talk about cherry picking. Well, I, as I thought, right? Well, I was,
1: I was thinking that might be a good place to, to point Zach to Yeah, the yeah.
12: Where'd you say Somerset, Kentucky? Yeah. So, we get out there. There's like six, eight carts, something like that. We're rolling around on a parade lap, and I've got this cart on the floor, wide open, hard as it'll go, and the governor's kicking in on it. I can't keep up with them on a parade lap. They haven't even started racing yet. And so they drop the green, and then I throw the chain off. And so they come out, they put the chain back on, and we get lined back up. I'm trying to chase them on the parade lap again, and we gas up. I throw the chain off. Dad's like, just bring it in here. You're done. It ain't going to work. So he bought me a chain guard that weekend and we put that on and come back the next weekend and we just didn't have the equipment. The governor kept opening it up. I couldn't I couldn't do anything. So that ended my karting career. Right there. That's like when that you just it.
1: go to the recreational go karts and you end up with the one dog yeah. and you know right off it's over. It's bad. I, I do appreciate the story with your mom because I took my wife. My wife didn't grow up around the racetrack. I took her a couple years ago to the No Way Out and I was like, I, obviously, I lean towards sprint cars, and I here's the sprints. And she said next to me, and she goes, do you really, would you really want one of our boys our boy to race? And I said, well, yeah, if he'd be interested. And I'd love to see him race. I think it'd be a great thing for us to do. She said, what class? And the sprints had just come out. I said, well, if I had you know, my dream, he'd run a sprint car. And I didn't get that out any quicker, and one started flipping down the backstretch. And she looked at me and said, this class? And I thought... Yeah, not this one. One that looks like this one, but not exactly. I'm like, I'm dead in the water right now. So,
9: it's done right yeah, there. Yeah,
1: there's there's no no luck for me with sprint cars. So, but
12: so I uh, um after the go kart experience or whatever, uh, got into high school and had like uh, just some goals for my life and kind of what I wanted to do. Um, I picked a career out and uh, career path. Decided I wanted to go to college, and. Um, some of the things um, that I had them in order of things I wanted to do and after college came accumulate toys and you know do some of that stuff once I started in my career so um, I dad actually had the last race car that he ran I think they called them I don't know what they called them back then they were like a super stock today Uh, but he actually still had it it was in storage oh wow and it just been sitting in storage for years you know for ages and so um, I worked with a guy And he was in the cars, and I I went to him, and I said, hey, uh, I'm going to start dirt track racing. And he's like, oh, that's cool. You know, that sounds really awesome. He said, let me know how that turns out. I said, (laughs) I don't think you understand. You're going to work on it. We're going to keep it at your house, and you're going to help me like build it and like, put it all together. Because <laughs> I don't have any tools. you got to use your truck, pull it to the track, because I don't have a truck. And he goes, oh, okay. Now I realize why he's the wash team. <laughs> I see where this started. So we went, uh, got Dad's old car out of storage, drug it to his house. We took the rear end out of it, cut the cage out of it, and... We didn't have a clue. We didn't have any idea about building a car. Uh, You should buy your first one. People told us us that, but we were like, no, we'll build it. (laughs) So we literally took some uh, concrete blocks and some landscape timbers, and I took the first car I got when I turned 16. It had been just sitting in the junkyard, whatever happened to it, blown motor, whatever, been sitting around for years. We stripped it down, all the way down to the bare frame, set the frame on these landscape timbers, (laughs) and started cutting holes in it and putting a cage in it. And so we built this thing That's That was our first one It was pretty rough We had zero clue What we were doing None I mean he'd been around cars But he never built anything He's on a fabricator I'm not And so that was a, That was the first car we built um, We finally It was like a That was a four year process too By the way Like it was We were gonna have it ready That so season he graduated, he graduated high school Before he got the race car done It took forever
1: we I hope plowed, you put more than that That go kart motor in it By the time it was done We did We did that <laughs>
12: Um, finally got it together like the end of the 2000 and I want to say, what was it? 2004. Got it together at the end of the 2004 season and we live close to Bargetown. So um, went out the first night and the car got hot. We didn't have enough holes cut in the front end of it. Oh, yeah. So I pulled it in. I saw the gauge come up. I had a new motor. I don't want to tear it up. So pull it in. And we got our holes cut. We come out the next week, and I got out there. I passed a couple really slow cars right from the beginning. I'm like, I got this. It's easy. <laughs> it nothing. And so I'm going around. I'm making laps. I'm passing more cars. I'm like, this is no big deal. I've got this figured out. You know, I'm, I'm going to win this. <laughs> I go in a corner, and I got loose, and the car started to spin, and this other car come through. And so when it spun, I thought I was, like, trying to turn into it and couldn't catch it, and what I thought in my head happened was I turned back the other way, and I was just going to make it spin faster, and then just try to take back off. Well, what happened was I never moved my hands at all. (laughs) (laughs) And so (laughs) the car spins around, and I would actually had turned it to catch it. car spins all the way around, and I'm down at the bottom of the track, and it's pointing down the straightaway. And I'm like, this worked? And so I stomped the gas, and it went straight to the wall. And the guy that come around, getting past me, and I hit him and knocked him into the wall, knocked the front end off of my car, (laughs) and totaled his. Absolutely totaled it. (laughs) Welcome to racing. Yeah, that was was my second night out. Knocked the front end off.
1: I'm going to be honest, the most impressive part of your racing story is that you're still doing it. mean go-karting didn't go well
5: no
12: it did not start well
2: i I was most impressed he had goals in high school i didn't even have one of those eyes in my 20s (laughs) yeah i still want to be a powerball winner when i grow up (laughs) yeah that was me too yeah (laughs) well whatever tomorrow brings that's my goal ryan courtney says ask him about the fight he had on the track I I, I hear there was some biting going on Is what he says
12: Alright I'll tell this story (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Back we were talking about the Superstock driver that everybody loves to hate It was this dude Um, Let's see I'm trying to think of the time this was. It was the second time we got together. That's what we were talking about on the way up here. <laughs> so this guy and I, we, we'd had run-ins, and he's just, it's the kind of guy that nothing's ever his fault. They never do anything wrong, and they just tear up Jack. Well, he had already, um, I don't know if it was that year or year before, he would already uh, just took me out absolutely on purpose. I mean, that's all you could say about it. There's just oh. no other excu- excuse for it. We did get together or whatever. He thought that I had done it on purpose, and then he just absolutely took me out. So then fast forward to the next year, um, he tries to pull a half ass slide job on me, doesn't clear me, and we're coming up out of two at Junction, and uh he hadn't cleared me yet well I'm, I'm going down the backstretch. so he he comes on up come on up and so i turned off the wall a little bit to keep from getting into the wall and he come across my nose and his front end got into the wall and i gassed up and so we went down the back stretch in a v and i drug his nose all the way down the backstretch. <laughs> we get to the next corner and his tires got super hot lost all grip he spins out and then i hit him i had already messed the brakes up that night so i couldn't stop because the brakes were messed up. Let's see what else happened. Um, I think the car died when I hit him, and I broke uh, the control, uh, broke some of the control arms and uh, stuff in the front, in the right front. So I couldn't steer, I couldn't gas up, and I couldn't stop. So I'm flying toward Winter Circle, and the cameraman's <laughs> down there, like trying to figure out which way to go. <laughs> I think I'm going to run through Victory Lane. literally, and this dude's like trying to figure out which way to go. I finally jam it. I was in high gear What did I do Oh I pushed the clutch in I, didn't, I couldn't figure out How to stop I didn't know what else to do So I yeah. just pushed the clutch in And it made a god awful noise But it stopped It grinded to a halt Well this dude's dad Had been in the race And had already gotten Was out in the infield Tore up whatever So he thinks I've wrecked His son on purpose So here he comes over And I'm in the car Buckled in <laughs> He comes in And starts wearing my head out In the car I'm sitting there I'm like, strapped in Like oh, what am I going to do he grabs the front of my helmet and is punching through my helmet, and I'm just sitting there taking it. Going, "What am I going to do?" So I just start chewing on his fingers, <laughs> Look at it. just as hard as I can chew, and
5: <laughs> <laughs> finally Jess- Jesse gets over there
12: and like pulls him off of me or whatever, and the cops come out and. All this craziness And uh, Anyway And then he tells the promoter He says Look what he did to my fingers He said Well you stuck him in his helmet <laughs> <laughs> But I can understand
1: Where you're coming from Because I don't know What I'd do in that situation You can't get out I mean you, you You're buckled in yeah. you're, you're belted in So And it hurt It's Art, hard when he's hitting me Well I'm sure yeah. And I bet it
2: hurt when you choose his finger. I think next time he comes to Brownstown, I'm going to call him Tyson.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is
12: priceless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the most
13: damage to the car came from somebody flying over the hood.
12: Yeah. That dude weighed like 250, <laughs> his aluminum hood, and he walks across the hood. I mean, he was coming to help, but...
1: I was going to say, I learned a long time ago, I can't pull the Bo Duke move and slide over the hood of anything without a, without a leaving a heck of a dent right in the middle.
2: It's hard to do that when you're athletic built like we are, so that's... Uh...
1: <laughs> well, getting up on the hood's pretty tough in most things. Late models are low. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, let's start here, gentlemen. How'd you get into this crazy thing? I ask everybody that comes in here, and I never get bored asking it because this is this is an insane addiction or hobby, I guess I should call it, but it's really more of an addiction.
11: Addiction works, <laughs> uh, man. Best way I would explain it: we were born into it. You know, Dad started racing in '78 and. Here we are. That's, that's how the tire spins. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it's amazing to me because a lot of guys obviously were born into it, but you can't get it out of you. Once you're in it, you, you just can't get it out of you. I mean, it's funny. We've talked to so many drivers in here. Yeah, I quit for two years. I bought a boat. I went to the lake. I hated it. I sold my boat. I bought racing stuff again. I mean, it just it's everybody's story. I mean you guys are racing different
2: classes so i mean you guys have tried a little bit of everything there you know so
14: it's more for the budget aspects on the changing classes things is that what it is the uh, we drove modifieds for years and years and years and it's just gotten to where the technology and the budget for those type of vehicles is just outrageous and we're self-funded so, it's like another job and another bill, if you would say, right. for us.
2: And it gets hard sometimes, I'm sure, when there's other things that the family wants to do besides go to the racetrack or spend on that. I mean, oh, yeah. You know, you're getting ready to get married, right?
11: Yeah, yeah. Uh. <laughs> He's after, the racing after, <laughs> after racing season. After racing season.
14: How'd you guys get your numbers? That's a good question, and it has to do with racing. Okay. Dad was always fifty-five, mm-hmm. yeah. and as a little kid, who's your hero? Your dad. Your dad. 100%. So, so while you go through school, your number is fifty-five, mm-hmm. and I always got fifty-five, and everybody knew, hey, that was Sam's number. Leave it alone. And when we got to the track, Dad was already fifty-five. Crap.
1: <laughs> Never considered that what, issue What do you do up? now? Put an X on it. That's <laughs> the
11: only number you've ever been your whole entire life. Well, and that's the thing with me. You know, Dad raced, Sam raced, threw the X on the car. First car I had was an L55. Dad had run that number back in the day. Well, that year we took three race cars to the track that basically all looked identical. The color schemes were the same. And uh, that's when they used the timing light for qualifying. And uh, the reflection of the numbers, they were struggling with Dad's car the most with getting the qualifying times down. So then uh, we'd go out on the track, and they couldn't tell us apart. So the following year, Dad says, hey, we got to change this up. <laughs> and so it's like Sam said, what do you do? You know you you root for your childhood heroes. So I looked to Walter. you know I grew up watching the 17. Yeah. Well, Magner run a 17. Yep. Yes he did. So, you, so you can't you can't run a 17 out of respect for that yeah because you know who wants to run a 17x for chits and giggles right? <laughs> exactly. so, so then you look at the route 66 and the Kmart car and that's how i ended up by default to the 66 with the 66 and you know so again you know we blame dad as a joke for getting us into racing so i blame dad also for throwing me into a 66
1: (laughs) (laughs) and welcome back to throttled up the podcast and matt we got two of our favorite people Mm -hmm. in the racing industry in here and uh, you know, and I got to say, we were talking before we went on air, it is the third time that Mr. Watson has been on. Mm-hmm. I mean, and we've really watched him grow up. Oh yeah, his I dad mean, had to bring him the first time. Yeah, I you know, mean, so. and now, I mean, other than we got to be done by 9.30 for his curfew, yeah. we, uh, <laughs> we're we in pretty good shape with him. But, you know, we've, we've gotten that chance and Jordan's been on and I, I just want to say this, Jordan came on last year with us. Whoa, I don't know what just happened to the video there, but uh, Jordan came on last year with us, and uh, that's better. Uh, Came on last (laughs) (laughs) earlier this year with us, and when you did, we hooked you up with a thralled up T-shirt. And I don't know how many times after that I saw you at the track representing, man. Oh yeah.
15: Yes, sir. I appreciate it. I love that shirt.
1: So, uh, so. As you already know, um, with us tonight, obviously, my co-host all the time, Matt Staples, and also uh, Jordan Weaver and Braden Watson. So, gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Thanks Thanks for for having us. us.
2: Definitely the next generation of modified drivers, man, right here. This is the the future of UMP Modifieds, I believe.
1: You know, can I say, and I don't disagree with you, but I'm almost going to argue they're here now. No, I, I, yes, but,
2: you know, one of these days, you know, they're going to be the, you know, the... The steadfast, you know, standalone guys, I, you know.
1: I get, I get where you're coming from. Just saying. Yeah. I mean, when, when they can Bra- stand alone now, you when Braden first started that. showing up, we were just talking to him about racing and stuff. We didn't even know if he really knew where the track was. And I'm picking on him, but, <laughs> but you know. These definitely, definitely they've both proven
2: themselves. Oh, that absolutely. If they're on the racetrack, they're going to have a great opportunity parking in Victory lane.
1: So, guys, I want to start here with you, you know season wrap-up, man. I mean, both of you had extremely, extremely successful seasons. So, Jordan, I'll start with you. Tell us kind of how the year went, man. It was
15: great. You know, uh, we started off strong. I think we won like our third or fourth night out at Paragon and uh, we took the lead in the regional points, so we decided we were going to chase that and follow it, and uh, just started racking off more and more wins and uh, won a couple big ones back-to-back, and you know, I just, I really couldn't have asked for a better season.
13: Braden? Ours was all right for the second year, I think. Uh, we won, like our, like Jordan said, our third or fourth night at Brownstown, then ran pretty decent there, and then mid-July we got us one, and then just kept racking up top fives, top tens, so that was all right.
1: That could have been the most underwhelming, good second season mm-hmm. I've ever heard. Well, hey, you know, we won a couple times, and. Had some top fives and top tens, and
5: they must know. have raced in
1: different
2: races than I watched because
11: <laughs> they were exciting out <laughs> yeah, on the racetrack. You know?
15: Uh... Well, I told Braden when he won his first race. Once you win your first one, second or third, yeah, it just yeah. don't cut it anymore. Yeah,
1: you know, and and we've said that on here before, and it it really is. And both of you, I let kind of comment on this, and I'm not picking on anybody because I've never been on the track, let alone won a race. But when you start coming in, it's that. First of all, it's what's my best finish in a heat race. Then it's I picked up the heat win. Mm -hmm. And you almost, you start counting those heat wins. And I'm not picking on anybody that's still counting heat wins. That's amazing. But then as soon as you get that feature win, nothing you've ever done in a heat race matters. And it's all about how many tallies can I put up in the feature. Is that, I mean, is that
13: correct? 100%. Yeah, like last year we were pumping up about top fives and everything and that last race at Brownstown I think we ran like fourth or fifth and we were hanging our heads because we should I thought I should have ran better anyway so
1: so how much does it change like how critical you are of yourself now you know when when you say that that last rate of race at Brownstown you know at one point fourth or fifth heck yeah I'm running yeah. the top five at Brownstown how much harder are you on yourself now saying that you start to realize I had the car to go be better Maybe I made some mistakes, maybe or maybe I missed the setup, whatever it was.
15: Well, these these
1: cars nowadays,
15: they're so technical. If you miss it just a little bit, I mean, you're off by a mile. Mm-hmm. So most of the nights, uh, it's, it's when I run second, I, I hang my head. I'm disappointed. I think of what I could have done to do better, you know, but uh
2: just plays out how it plays out. I'm going to say the top five in Modifieds at Brownstown, though, that's saying something, I mean, Bounce Town yeah, is they're, they're good competition tough. every week. Yeah, every week those modifies roll in with heavy, heavy competition. Mm. I mean, Hoffman, how many times did he race there? yeah, like three or four you times. I'm sure. Nicely showed up, and mm-hmm. you know it. Uh, and to beat
15: we'll, Ryan we'll and and Jacoby every week, oh, yeah. You know, that's, yeah, that's yeah. hard itself, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, you, you, just your, you, local, your guys local guys, that, yeah. But you know, to talk about that, what what is it like when let's start local first? When you're able to beat you know, a Ryan Thomas or, you know, Jacoby Hines. What's that like, especially being as early on as you guys are in that modified class? Yeah, I'll be
13: the first one to admit it was the Friday night of the Jackson and I started like tenth or something. Ended up working my way up to third. Me and Ryan were side by side for like five laps and that was pretty that was that was pretty cool.
15: Yeah, just just to know you can run with those guys that, you know, you know are the best ones there. It, It 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 says a lot about yourself, you know, it it's it's a good feeling. Yeah.
1: And it's got to build confidence for you guys, obviously. But when you're running five laps next to Ryan Braden and, and you know, especially I know you guys have a great relationship yeah. with with Rocket or with Rocket, with Diamond. He's fired. He's fired. I know. <laughs> I've been trying to get Ryan on this show forever and now I just called it a rocket. But with Diamond, it goes fast. <laughs> but yeah. but do you do you get nervous when you're racing next door to him thinking, I don't want to screw this up. I don't want to end up taking both of us out. I don't. Yeah,
13: like, we joke all the time about, oh, we're going to take each other out. I'm going to take you out or whatever. But it was, it was, yeah, it was kind of different racing against him. Like, I didn't want to get into him, take us both out or whatever.
2: But um, it was fun.
15: You also got to know you got to be on your game. Yeah. You, you, got, you can't mess up,
2: yeah. you know. Well, I believe his last win at Brownstown, you went over and got the car ready for him, didn't you? So he could yeah, keep working. So, yeah. I, I mean, that, that's kind of cool there. Yeah, that, we were over there for a little bit in the morning. Yeah,
1: And I I think, you know, when you talk about that, too, that idea of you can't make a mistake. And I I talked about this when um, Aubrey uh, Mounts, Aubrey Egan at that point, picked up her first win. When you talk about Jason Heyman that year is coming to the restart outside of you. I don't know that other people think about that, but you're exactly right. Those kind of guys talk about a Ryan, a Jacoby, they take advantage of any mistake you make. Yeah. yeah. And
15: I had an incident like that this year. I I was almost certain I was gonna get my first one at Brownstown. I led seventeen laps. There's a caution. And I went back to the bottom like I thought. like I thought I should and Jacoby rolled right around me, took advantage of the restart and I after the race, I I knew I should have just moved up one lane just to block him off because I knew he was going to be on the outside. But
2: but you're talking about a guy's got a million miles, you know, million
1: exactly. laps around that joint. He, know,
15: he knew what he had to do in that situation yeah. to to get the job done.
1: And it's got to be frustrating too, you know. And we've talked to a lot of guys, obviously with different ranges of experience. But you got to be thinking, man, I can't wait till I'm at that point, not wishing away. You know, years, but mm-hmm. I can't wait till I'm at that point where I know, I, I know what this guy's going to do, and I know what you have to do here to go get it because right. that experience is invaluable, man. When you you know right. what the track's going to do, you know where you got to attack.
13: Mm-hmm. For sure, yeah, that happened to me. One of the last races of the season, Hoffman was at heat. I was leading that heat race, and we had a caution with like set three to go, and he rolled right around me on top, one laying around the tires. I was like, how, but. Experience got, got the best of <laughs> it right there, I guess.
1: And how often do you guys go back and, and not just watch the video of yourselves racing, but watch some of those other guys and see moves they made or lines they took, things like that? Every day for me. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> Is it all the I, time? I, I
13: watch racing like on uh, 13 Media. I'll get on there almost every day and just watch.
1: That's got to be. I mean, that to me, and I came from, you know, obviously coaching football and films huge in football, but. Watching the stuff that Dirt to Media puts out, that's got to be so much fun to go back and look at. Now, do you watch it more to critique your
2: driving or kind of see if you can pick up anything over how everyone else drives? A
13: little bit of both. Like, see what I could do different in a situation versus what they're doing in a situation. So,
15: What about you, Jordan? Yeah, exactly. You know, most of the time it's watching yourself, seeing what you could have done better, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of times where I'm watching what other people are doing and
1: how they take advantage of certain situations. So, all right. So I'm going to ask you this too, because you both have extremely strong backing from family and it's, it's a, it's a really cool deal. Um, You know, it was, it was funny to me, even when I posted whatever it was last week or Sunday, when I said, you know, make sure you tune in to watch you guys and, I went upstairs and did something, came back and checked my phone. There was like 17 shares on that yeah. post. And I'm like, who in the heck shared my post? And I start looking down and it's, it's everybody. Yeah. And it, it's so cool what you guys have. What's it like when you win? Obviously, we've talked to you guys about your feelings, but what's it like for that family and that extended group that, that's at the track with you guys?
15: Uh, every time i won, you know, everybody's jumping up and down. They're, they're emotional, you know, and... Actually, the first night this year, I got pretty emotional just seeing how everybody else was, and you know, seeing seeing your family love what you do and help you support what you do, it's 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 a pretty cool feeling.
13: I think that they're more excited than I am most of the time because like we've been wanting to do this ever since for forever, and finally for it to come true is pretty cool. So. Mm
1: And it's got to be. I would think too for you guys after that race. Obviously, you guys are exhausted. I mean, you're beat. I mean, it's yeah. especially when we get in those hot days in the summer and you guys are getting out drained. Everybody else has still got energy, man. Everybody else is yeah, not saying they've humped. not been working working in the pits and working their tails off, but yeah, they're they are overly excited you guys are probably like, don't get me wrong, happy and excited, but yeah,
13: yeah it's, it's like it was. I was ready for bed. They want to stay up all night. And I was <laughs> ready for bed.
1: <laughs> understandable for sure so let's uh let's talk about this as well when we look back obviously we know some of the greatest moments you had this year were were when you got to victory lane what were some other moments throughout this year that that kind of stood out to you as you raced
15: for me first night out this year um i really didn't know what to expect with the car we changed a lot of stuff uh more things than i'm used to running and to run second in my first heat race to Gilpin, I led half of it. You know, he took advantage of one little mistake, but to run second, first night out to Gilpin in a heat race on a completely different car than I had last year was pretty cool for me.
13: Mine, yeah, like Jordan said, at the beginning of the year, I didn't know what to expect, and I it was like the No Way Out 40, and I was running third to Gilpin and Thomas, and running right there with them guys was pretty fun, and the same deal. I liked the Jackson, running with them guys was, was Makes you feel good about a driver, really.
1: And that's, you know, again, when you – people who know Brownstown Speedway, when you put the names, you know, Gilpin and Thomas, and you're running around there with those guys, there's nobody that does it better at Brownstown Speedway than those two for sure. And, I mean, we talked about Jacoby earlier when Nick Hoffman's there. Nick Hoffman's a freak. I mean, I – (laughs) He's crazy, yeah. That
15: like, dude, he won every time he raced this year. It seemed like,
1: yeah, uh, yeah. yeah you know, it, literally. And I've never seen a guy just—I mean, that when you interviewed him, um, what race was it when he raced both the late model and he won them both. Sure, I can't remember
2: now. It locked up his uh, the national championship. for Yeah, the and I can't run, remember, right?
1: but he got out and he—I mean, he's ran wasn't s- even out of breath, seventy some yeah. laps, and he's yeah. like, I mean, he looked like he was ready to go run a marathon, and I'm. I mean I understand. I'm I need to exercise a little bit more, but I've just come down from the stairs and I'm like I am more out of breath than this cat that's ran 70 laps. Yeah.
15: Yeah, I, even some 20 lap races I get out and I'm I'm exhausted.
13: That's how I am. Those guys are on 100 lap races like that. They're uh, they they're up one on me for sure.
2: Well, I asked him that in Victory Lane, you know, he just climbed out of out of the late model. And they got down the modified and when he got out in victory lane I mean he wasn't even winded mm-hmm, and like Dustin said I came down from the tower and had to catch my breath when I <laughs> yeah. started talking yeah.
1: you know so okay I'm ready yeah <laughs> so let's go off the track a little bit and obviously as you guys are gaining experience and I don't want you to give away any huge setup tips but how much do you feel like you've learned over these first few years in the modified class on your setup knowing your car those kind of things uh
15: for me, the last two years, it's I've I'm in a completely different spectrum as I used to be. You know, working on the cars, I I I, I like to think I know all the ins and outs, but I still I'm still learning a little bit. But uh, yeah, some of the stuff that guys are doing nowadays is so high tech, and you just have to keep up with it. So it's you just got to do your best.
13: That's how I am. Like last year, I didn't really know anything at all, but this year I've learned a whole lot just from working on the car all the time with dad and everything so
2: it's helped a lot how quick does the technology change like last race season from the first race to the last race how much did setups and stuff change for you know the technology on what you can and can't do and
15: this year i think it was just stuff that's changed in previous years but it's getting more and more technical like the way you do things you know it's it's really yeah
2: there's a fine line with everything there's a lot of stuff so the car's is pretty in. finicky if you this slightly the wrong direction it, it
15: it'll tell it, you yeah Oh, yeah, really yeah yep yeah you miss it by a little bit you miss it by a lot
1: wow and and it amazes me and i'm positive both of you are getting ready to go you know the PRI show is getting ready to come up here in Indianapolis but when you walk through that place i can't even imagine as a driver how difficult it's got to be to select what vendors I go to to put parts on my car because technology's constantly changing and you walk through that place and everybody will tell you they've got the latest, greatest, and best thing. Yeah. So it's gotta be constantly trying to figure out and not just what may be the latest and greatest, but what works best for you guys as drivers. Right. And, and your driving style. And your pocketbook.
15: Yeah, that's
13: a big thing. Yeah,
15: Um Really, I mean, I just kind of like to go with things that I know are proven, you know. Yeah, uh, I mean. If the biggest and the best are running it, then you know it's a good product, and that's kind of what I like to strive towards Just to, you know, just get what I, the best I can for the money and yeah,
13: that's
2: how try not to are. cheap out. Because right. I am going to say, you know, we went up there last year, and, you know, every booth you went to, this is, this is what you need. And then yeah. we go to the next booth, <laughs> hey, no, this is what you need. And I was thinking, man, you know, we ripper yeah. as media, just checking it out. I was like, man, if I was a racer, you know, it'd be hard to because that little bit they try to talk to you, you know, they try to
1: you know sell everything they have under the sun. So. Boy, and if I actually had money, I feel like I'd walk out with seven different brands of shocks. I yeah. feel like I'd be like, oh, the first one I saw, okay, I need these. I will get these. Yeah. Walk about three more aisles and go. Oh no, 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 I need these. Yeah. I can't imagine if I actually had the ability to go do that kind of stuff. I was wore out just trying to make sure we got all the stickers available. Oh, I know. <laughs> My deep freeze is the fastest deep freeze in southern Indiana. Yeah, you
13: get so many stickers on Oh Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah.
15: A lot of it is, is monkey see, monkey do, you know, but for me, I like to go with people that have good customer support who I can yeah. talk to about what the car's doing or what the product's doing. And, you know, to where some of the bigger companies, they don't really have time for the local racers, you know, but some of the companies out there really do, and that's that's
13: the ones I try to look for. Yeah, customer service is everything in racing right now, or whatever.
1: Well, and I think you made a great point too, Jordan, when you said, you know, go with what's proven. Yeah. yeah. And, and when we're talking about, you know, you guys are racing on, and I don't wanna say a limited budget, but we're all on a limited budget. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't have a million dollar piggy bank sitting at home just to buy and try things and throw it away. So let some of those other bigger name guys try it, mm-hmm. and then if after a year they're saying this is the way to go, and you see them still running it, then maybe it's time to look to invest in something like that.
15: Yeah, I, I think Braden's in the same boat I am. I got one motor, one car, one yep. set of shocks, yeah, it's, one transmission. You know, so I like to put the best I can on my car right. that I can afford. So, and
1: to know it's going to be reliable. It That's is. the other thing. Yes, some of that new, the best and new stuff. Yeah, it may be fast, but, but you may, it it may exactly break or wear out you know, in five or six races. And for you guys, you got to make it a season. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's big. Well, hey, let's, uh, let's take a break here real quick and bring in our first round of sponsors. And we'll be right back. But if you are watching right now, stay with us. We have a huge announcement um, coming when we come back from the break that I'm very, very excited to share all right kent i apologize man this is uh not usually how we do things uh rarity here but uh for some reason today things haven't worked like i like they typically do so so kent first of all i want to thank you for being on because like i said i am very very excited to talk to you and i'm a huge fan of you um and what you do with the race team but First of all, I want to start with what I ask every driver that comes in. How how did you get involved in this this crazy world of
10: racing? I guess that's kind of a long story, but uh, you know we got started um, as being a fan with my whole family. My dad, uh, you know, was a, um, a first and foremost a fan, and then turned into a crew guy for multiple uh, sprint core uh, sprint car teams around around Bloomington in the area. Steve Kinzer being one of them, but. Um, I grew up watching all that and, and, you know, asked him when I was, when I was 12 years old, if I could go racing. So we got a, I'd been riding four wheelers before then. And I said, and he said, yeah, we'll, we'll go. And so I, um, got on my four wheeler and we went to a county fair race and entered in a flat track race. And wow. Yep. And so that's how I came up with the number seven from that deal. And, and, uh, did that for a couple of years and went national racing with that. And then, um, got hurt pretty bad when I was 14 years old. Um, broke some bones on a on a on an atv and decided to i think my mom actually made the decision for me <laughs> said you're you're done with that and so i uh got in a roll cage uh, when i was 15 got in a bomber and then uh, it was all downhill from there and um went through the street stock ranks and and uh, started running brownstown at that point a lot you know and um then the modifieds and then the late models
1: and i know you got a question so i'm gonna let you ask it i'm not gonna go there yet but uh how long did you run in the bomber
2: uh i ran a one year
10: oh the yeah, only yeah, one didn't just you, so 03, then you went yeah. right up
2: to the the street stocks which are now the super stocks. yeah so. so
10: when i ran it what i call a bomber <clears throat> when we ran it was what i what you call a pure, pure stock, stock now, now. Yeah, yeah i mean it had a stock firewall um, right. built it to run Perrigan, Putnamville. we came to brownstown we'd come to brownstown just to I hope to make the race back then you know oh yeah but that was it was uh huge yeah, yeah. so um
2: so then what did you run the super stock or the street stock in how many years did you run in that uh
10: ran it uh 2004 and 5 just two years um built a started in a hobbs car there okay. had a hobbs chassis we bought used and then um got a matt boatnik uh, built us a fly by you and ran it in five and then uh went to the modified no six
2: and then you went from
10: modified up to the light model yeah it ran mod four years six seven eight nine and then in 2010 ran a mod and late model and then just went full time late wow. model racing yep
2: i guess the question he knew i was going to ask is uh you know from bloomington bloomington speedway right there what kept you from going to the sprint car side of, of the racing
10: well i guess i referenced my mom there a minute ago that's probably oh <laughs> that's probably some of it she I, I i give the blame to her but i think my dad was behind the scenes on that because uh the danger i mean okay, yeah you know it's inherent with with all the motorsports, but uh sprint cars kind of next level as far as that goes so um yeah well, I, I wanted to i just uh, i kind of got i got headed to the pass and said you're not doing that
1: well i had to ask that because when i did some research on you you do say that your your hero your favorite driver of all time is steve Kinser. yeah and so this is where matt and i have this huge debate because i i grew up going to bloomington speedway and i i love sprint cars and matt i grew up going to brownstown <laughs> yeah so i'm a late model yeah. guy yeah so we have this debate so that was that was kind of mad he's like you know this is this is a bloomington guy that ended up in a late model and i'm like but steve kins are still his guy <laughs> so
10: it is <laughs> no he's it that had to be you know i mean not not from our family ties and whatnot it's just uh just seeing him race so much and 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 hearing what he did throughout the years, I oh, had yeah. to be I had to be a sprint car guy. But I'm I am the wrong part of the country for sure. You know? <laughs> I mean, and and to talk
1: about Steve for just a second, not only the success he had, but to consistently do it for the length of time he did is unbelievable. Yeah,
10: and it's uh, you know, I I've had the the opportunity to 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 go up and down the road with with the late model series. World well, Out late model series? And it just gave me a total new respect of. Uh, of what, you know, likes of Sammy Swindell and Steve Kenzer and guys yeah. that have done it for that long and, and the late model guys, you know, and that have done it for that long and there's so many so many uh you know, you you don't you don't get to, to be there at home when you want to be it so many times it it's uh, it's a little crazy.
2: I don't if it wasn't for Steve Kinzer, I don't know if the World of Outlaw series would be where it's at. You Probably know, not. I think he's carried that for many, many you, you mm-hmm. know, in the early years there he
1: carried it. I'm for sure. And you know, and it's funny you bring up that your mom and the you know not wanting to see you get hurt because i've told the story on here before but i took my wife she never grew up around racing or anything And i took her to the no way out probably two or three years ago and you know our son had kind of started getting into it and i'm like yeah i mean if we could ever get him in a 410 sprint car this is this this is them this is what i'd want to see mm-hmm. i didn't get that out of my mouth and one came off turn two and barrel rolled down the back and she immediately looked at me and said this is what you want to put him in i'm like no no no.
10: (laughs) i couldn't imagine (laughs) not at all i'm with you a little scary
1: (laughs) so when you jump into the late model world um what were the goals starting out there as you as you get into the late model
10: well i mean we went into it pretty blind i mean we were had dirt track experience obviously from the history i gave you i guess but um we we went in without any goals i guess you know we just wanted to make the race car go around the racetrack because we didn't there's so many differences between i mean you know the race procedures you know all that but as far as a modified a late model there's a lot of differences in the race car in the in the dry sump oiling system and in the mechanical side of the race car so we just wanted to um build a race car that would be competitive here locally and uh and kind of learn the learn the ranks of of uh the tire game and, and and setup wise and stuff like that and i think that's you know i put a master built car together there it was my first car and i think that really um you know thanks to them back then it was it really helped me kind of take that next step earlier than i than i kind of expected and uh and taught me a lot right off the bat
1: you know and that's um i think it's pretty cool too you know you talk about masters built back then you know it's i think it's pretty cool to see you know don and hudson coming back on board with tater down there and hopefully get to see what what they can do and kind of grow that place again so yeah i think everyone's kind of looking forward to that absolutely so as you as you grow into that when do you start taking the step that now i'm going to look at the national scene and and you know running with some world of outlaw stuff and you know making the trip to the dream and the uh the world 100.
10: Well, that was probably earlier than I expected when we first started, because, like I said, we we started and in 2010 started a really good year, and um, the race car was good, and I mean I, I was kind of taken to it really, and uh, was getting comfortable, and and uh, I think it was the eighth or ninth race that year in 2010 that I'd ever ran in the late model. We went to Eldora; it was for the uh, um, what was that the Johnny the, the Apple? John, Johnny Appleseed, yeah, season. the one just yeah. before the Dream there, and at the end of May and and we won a heat race and i'm like this car just i don't even it's the best race car I've ever had around there you know and and uh start had to redrew like an eight or something started eighth in the feature and and uh lap 10 uh took the lead and uh i mean it was just the, i don't know why honestly looking back how good the race car was we just hit it you know that happens and and uh with like four to go uh had a right front um lower a frame break and went oh, straight no. straight in the wall leading it and so uh-huh talk about heartbreak city yeah for sure but that gave me the confidence to go back um had no plans to go to the dream Um, uh, but then we thought well if we were so so good this weekend if, if we, we hit we, it let's yeah. right, see if we can do it again and so we went back for the dream uh the following week um you know a lot stiffer competition but didn't r- didn't run as well but we in our heat race we were we were running towards the back but uh um it was in the first heat race and that's back before we we had hot laps and so the track wasn't near ready was anyway slimy yeah super slimy got into contact with a guy and Uh, pretty much went head on in the wall again and dislocated my shoulder um and that ended my um 2010 season so yeah so i only got to run i think i was 10 10 late model races that year um so coming back the next year we we kind of had an idea had a lot more time to prepare and and uh, made a plan of what we were going to do and you know went from there
2: did you race the modified over at Eldora? Had you had laps around Eldora? Oh for yeah, to the late yeah, model? that was I one
10: think. of my, that's the reason we kind of we were comfortable going there with the late model because I had ran there so much. um We kind of knew what we were getting into, and it was one of my favorite tracks. Right on. How different is it
1: at Eldora specifically between the modified and the late model?
10: Well, I mean. Uh, just just speed wise i mean it's it's not any different i'd say as far as the track conditions i mean it's not that much different than racing the modified or late model at brownstown really it's just it's just the speed um in the competition side you know one little mistake in the late model that was always what i, I still say and always you know did that. um one small mistake in the late model it's just like you you can't make up for it you yeah. know what i mean it's just like it's so competitive that um in in it's the same in the modifieds too to an extent but you can kind of over overcome it some of the mods but in, in the late model it's like yeah if you're off just a little bit it's hard to it's hard to come back from it and you know as you look at those races what what is the race that would be the dream for you to win now
5: mm-hmm.
10: yeah i mean world 100 has to be i mean it, it's cliche in some points you know but it uh um you know we we were fortunate enough to win a track championship at eldora and and i've won and i've won some races there in the mod and the late model but um it's it's i took a liking to that track early in my career and and uh it's something it just i just love the the speed of it and, and, and everything about it so i'd have to say the you know the world 100 but um past that i'd say that the jackson 100 you know well, i mean I'm, I'm, it's i'm, I'm a homer i mean i have to be and and grew up watching all those guys race there and and uh that'd be that'd be second on the list and you know i i it always amazes me and it just shows what
1: the world 100 means because even though the dream pays so much more
10: any driver would take the world 100 over the dream if yeah. they can get it and it's weird because you know we we have this conversation even in in the pits and stuff it's like the dream Almost draws more cars nowadays, you know, and 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 it it has happened. And it's the same field, it's the same exact format, it's the same race. You don't even know when you're out there, but it's something about the prestige of the world, I guess. Yeah, I I think
1: most drivers would obviously take that. And again, I think the Jackson 100, you know, for especially guys from Indiana, that's right there as well, yeah, just as important. So when you you know, this is something I and I kind of told you before we got on here, but you know. Probably where my respect uh for you comes from so strongly is the fact that you really are one of the last what I would call regional racers in the sense that, you know, you work a full time job. You know, you don't have you, you don't have a big team behind you, multi-car team backing you. You do it with your team of people mm-hmm. and you still are competitive on the national stage everywhere you show up. And and I think that, you know, is is a testament to how hard you work and the things you do so how are you able to
10: overcome some of that money and the the power of some of those major teams well i mean i think a a lot of it's you know by design um and and it's nothing i'm going to boast about but it's it's been years in the making uh to build a team that's that's been behind us and it's and like i told you earlier it's a complete team effort you know so it's it's getting in line with the people that not only fit your values, but, um, you know, fit into your, your everyday doings. So, um, won't dwell on that, but it's just, uh, it's to me, it's, it's just, uh, it's a total process. It just takes a long time. You know, I consider myself a veteran now at at some level and, and just start to finish from not, not only the chassis and mechanical, the engines, all that stuff. It's, it's, it's knowing where, you know, everything is in your race shop and, and, and being able to, to enjoy it along the way. Um, I think it you know, it all there's just so many pieces to the puzzle, to be honest. I mean it's hard to it's hard to put your finger down on one thing and say this is it, but um at the end of the day we're 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 proud of it. And uh to be able to go out there and just race with guys that that that's all they think about every day. And and uh that's not all I think about. So, you know what I mean? It's 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 makes me proud. How hard is it for you when you've got you know one of those big
1: races coming up let's say the dream or the world or jackson how hard is it for you that week or the week before you know that's coming up at work i mean because you you got to be well yeah you still got to be thinking
10: about it <laughs> yeah, they, they know they go i mean i got uh you know there's uh three or four of us in the you know main management positions in my office that that uh they know they know what i do and what i love to do you know and and uh, they know when those weeks are they see them on the calendar and they, they know well it's world week <laughs> they probably know not to not to really ask me to do anything <laughs> to be honest they probably just like <laughs> we'll just uh, wait till next week because yeah it, it's tough man it's hard to manage all that but but i do have a, a good support cast there you know with with my sister and my mother at the business and my wife and and uh, and then also all, all the all of our employees they they understand what we what we enjoy to do what we work hard to be able to do it i was gonna say we're fans and you know, when we know we're getting ready to go over to Eldora, you know, yeah, yeah.
2: Monday and Tuesday, we're we're <laughs> no horrible at work because that's all we're thinking about. Yeah. So can we get over there? Yeah. 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 We don't we don't do real good <laughs> at hiding it either. So, no, so you know, you're we're going d- over to the race. So you're you know, way more than us. So.
1: <laughs> it, it always amazes me drivers that fall in love with Eldora and not that it's crazy. But you talk about the speed there. How. How much faster does Eldora feel than, you know, say a Brownstown things like that?
10: A lot, yeah. It's true. I mean, there's there's no way to hide it. I mean, there's there's tracks that feel faster than Eldora. Um, Knoxville, Iowa would be one of them. Um, there's, I mean, and, and there's tracks that you're probably not even going as fast, I guess you'd say in speed, but that feel faster. So, but um, I think Eldora, back to that, has a has a good mix of of the speed but also raceability on it and that's what in my opinion you know what i mean where um you're very able to move around on it and and uh, race but brownstown it's the same way they're all i love them all you know what i mean you can't you can't get caught up on one thing about any of them
1: it just i, I love watching you guys when you take the green at el because i've never been in a car so i've never drove and to watch you guys hit the gas coming off of four and and the trust you have in your cars that I'm going to barrel down here into one and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set this thing up and I'm going to turn it left and I'm going to trust that it's going to go. It, it just, it blows my mind. Live for
2: it. We live for it. <laughs> do, you, do you have time to look up at the uh, the big
10: screen at Eldora? We've talked to, what, three or four people now and mm-hmm. they all say that they I can... don't know how those guys do that. So the first time I ever heard that was that we went to the, uh, the, uh, the first big screen I saw and it wasn't even that long ago, but it was at the show me at, at Wheatland, uh, mm-hmm. Lucas Oil Speedway. Yeah and they have it like right um like it the it's in th- in three and four but like as you're going down the back stretch you can look up and see it and i'd heard people talk about that you know And i was out there and we went out in 2011 to race out there and and i tried it once you know i was yeah. like okay uh, and I, pff, no i thought i was gonna die <laughs> I, literally, that, I was like i'm gonna, there's no way and from then there's <laughs> no i never i don't know how i mean i've tried at eldora and i've I don't know. For some reason, I'm, I'm giving me like I get car sick or something. You know what I mean? I feel like I'm oh, throwing. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. It's crazy. I don't. You'll know, the. Do it. That's the best spotter ever. Is that big? The yeah. big screen at El I, it's like, take, How do
2: you have time to f- look up
10: at that? Yeah. I respect that. I wish I could. I wish I could. I it,
1: Devin Gilpin was the first one that told us. Yeah. And He yeah. said, "Oh yeah, when I go through one and two, that's where I'll check where my whoever's behind me, what line they're running." And I'm thinking I
10: they think got I, I, they're <laughs> better than me. I can barely <laughs> keep it on the you know where I want on the dirt. You know <laughs> what I mean? i will up upside down. I mean. I
1: I'm just sitting over there on the hillside, but I'm like, yeah, I don't yeah. feel like I have enough time to check the video board and sitting up there no so yeah i I would be right there with you i that is one that always boggles my mind as well so so can't before we go any farther, I do because we've talked about you know that team that that helps you, and we always want to give guys a chance to thank their sponsors and thank the team that helps
10: them, so if you want to kind of you know give those guys a shout out yeah. and Thank them for everything they do. For sure. I mean I gotta thank I uh, think first and foremost my family. Um, my wife's so uh uh I mean she lets me spend so much time in the shop away from we got a eighteen, nineteen month old daughter now and so I gotta thank her and my whole family, my mom and my sister. They're so supportive in everything we do and and uh help us fund the team. So I gotta thank them and then uh, i guess next will be uh MB custom race cars, uh Jimmy Mars and Chris. They're just great to deal with. They've been um, really I think I can credit them to to the turnaround in my late model career and and the best racing year I've had last year and NV suspension Integra Racing shocks uh, Kaiser Manufacturing um, J Dick and Racing de- Racing Engines um, All Star Performance you know all those guys on my car it's just Jones Oil Racing Products they just it's uh, it's just uh, it's a uh, it's a uh, team effort um, you know we couldn't do it without a lot of those guys.
2: You want to get your guys that travel with you there and help you on the car? Or?
10: Yeah, yeah. Jason Palubicki, he's been uh there for me for a long time and uh he's been my full time guy. So it's you know, me and him in the shop and and uh uh couldn't do without him either.
1: And how much when you're going into an offseason like this, how much adjustment are you looking to make on the car? You know, we talked before we got started about you know the PRI show and all the new technology that comes out how quick are you to try something new or do you pretty well say i like where i'm at i'm gonna hold there
10: well i mean it's uh it's it's about 50 50 i guess i mean you'd love to buy into i guess if you had unlimited resources maybe maybe i would have you know left with pretty much everything up there but um it is kind of a monkey see monkey do situation where you know if if uh, you kind of wait till you see someone using it that it's tried it out first and it's been proven um i'm not a, a big gimmick kind of guy so i wait till something's been proven um but i know that you don't want to you don't want to get lax and and get comfortable with your, where you're at because all your competitors are out there trying to find something that's bigger and better so um the show's great for that being able to see all the new trick things but uh, we'll wait a couple months and see what goes by the wayside and what's what's proven yeah what what somebody
1: straps on in you know march and then in april they're still
2: yeah. they're not running they trade, anymore right. yeah, yeah yeah uh-huh. how much changes during the race season like you know from you know when they start racing you know down in florida and stuff you know in, in january and february you know to let's say mid-season how much technology changes just through that in the race season i mean is it hard to keep up with that
10: well yeah i mean you never know but i mean there's no reason to doubt that it's going to change even faster i mean it's technology that's in our cell phones it wasn't there two years ago so i mean uh that's that's transferring down into the the, all forms of motorsports but definitely dirt late models so um you know that's the reason i haven't honestly right now i don't even have a race car um you know i I got crashed there at all so i haven't put no put one together since then so we're waiting uh jimmy mars is going to um arizona here shortly he's gonna leave in a few days i guess go out there and then run all that new mexico and arizona and then uh go to florida also and so i'm waiting to see uh to see what they come back with and you know what they'll learn down there and and what's can can change in a two-month time right now is, oh yeah um it's crazy so is he kind of doing some testing
2: for his chassis out there in arizona i'd say so i mean that's kind of
10: what he he enjoys doing right and, and, oh, yeah. and i mean he loves racing and and does it to for funds um but um he's also there to 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 try to get everyone better along the way so um i think that's uh what they're kind of going out there for to to see what they can learn and and, uh, bring that back for everyone else to kind of feed off of i
2: was at the dream the year he won you know that was a big shocker when he uh, no doubt he pulled his dream win yeah a lot
10: of people forget about it it seems like but
2: oh yeah
1: and not to uh not to jump in on another negative but um I have to bring this up, because it's the wildest thing I've ever seen. And that was at the Hall of Fame race at Brownstown. You got a shower that you weren't expecting. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ,
10: yeah, yeah, that's, t- I saw it coming, they they, they wanted me to pull, it. yeah, I, I thought it, you know, it's always like a, you know, I've got to carry the flag, uh, American flag like once in my, uh, other than that time, you know, yeah. I was like, all right, you know, quick time. <laughs> yeah, we well, yeah. Out there. i was like you your throwback ch- car yeah, yeah. pretty good chance good. of winning this heat race you know pretty confident <laughs> we might be able to run good in the future and well there i carried the american flag i was like all right you know they're like all right just they're on the race They're like yeah just stop there on the front stretch i was like okay there comes jim and i'm like what's he doing and i was thinking what's he why is he even going to water the track honestly yeah. <laughs> and here he comes and i was like okay maybe he's watering like the like the outside bank that that was his plan yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then he turns the other one on and i was like oh he's you know he's me or something now and, I, and, and no 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 it got close enough and i so i saw i at that point there was nothing i could do i just closed my shield and just sat there and cussed him honestly <laughs> yeah. 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 and then, yeah. i mean i was on he top he came of back the... and apologized i mean i know he didn't he didn't even right. he didn't mean it but was, that's what he said he thought he had the outside yes, sprayer on right, he had no right. idea he had
2: that one on yeah you know?
10: it, it drenched me but then the worst part like it went somehow it went like down the deck of my car and then <laughs> down the back of my suit oh oh yeah no. and then you know the rest of the way down oh and yeah then i'm sitting in like a puddle of water racing i'm like Swamp ass. you know.
2: Well, everybody was anticipating like you were like, okay, he's just joking with him. He's going to cut it off. That's what I thought. got
10: closer and closer. And it's like, oh, yeah, I could hear the fan. I could hear everyone. (laughs) Oh, my God.
1: And then people were hollering
10: and screaming and yelling like mad. We were on the
1: I was up with Dirt to Media with with Nathan Bowling on the sky deck. And and we watched him come the whole way out of the pit road. And we were the same way. We're like, he's going to turn it off. Yeah, he's going to turn it off. He'll turn it off.
10: He's not going to turn it off. I don't think he's current. <laughs> and then yeah. it was like, oh shit, he just,
5: he's oh, yeah. so
10: K-Rob. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he came over and apologized, but I was, and I was like looking for, it got him behind my tear offs and shit, so I was trying to <sighs> get him, trying to get him. So, no,
1: I didn't want to bring up a negative there, but that was just that was one of those that I've never seen before. And here you are, like I said, Hall of Fame throwback car, going to carry yeah, the flag. Great night. It was <laughs> everything
10: was, awesome. was perfect. It was great. But I got to tell you, the the Doug throwback car was beautiful. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that well, that was I'll so... give all that credit to to Kyle. He yeah. Kyle, he planned all that and uh, had that we made the sides up, sent them down to Salary, and and uh, yeah, it was amazing. I didn't get to see it. I mean, until. Kyle brought the sides back up. Celery or you know, decaled him right there on oh, his yeah. bench and uh and uh brought him back up and that was something um I was proud to do. You know, I mean, know? I, mean cool. I, I, I didn't get to see Doug race a lot when I when I was coming up. I wasn't you know, I mean I was young enough that I didn't didn't uh wasn't around all that much, but I was proud to do that and to see Doug's face when we unveiled it was pretty cool. So well,
2: Celery nailed it. I mean it yeah. looked identical to that I car. I mean yeah. it was beautiful, that It was, was cool. Uh,
0: That song we like. Yeah. yeah, boy, that's me. Roll out the trailer, I'm Clausen. Huh. Them Hoosier tires glossin', yeah. Them cold kind, we're Right They know I came to wreck it, yet I rarely bring out a caution. Yeah. I hit the high side. Boy, I park it for Brian Clausen. Uh. I do them like Kyle Larson. Watch me throw them sliders, party in victory lane, and y'all boys ain't invited. Your mama gets excited when I pull up to unload. Even your grandpa talking about, it. man, that boy too cold. We don't sit on 24s, we don't ride on spinners. I'm posted up on them 15s with platinum dirt defenders. Got kids up in my window like, hey, Mo, are you going to win it? Yeah, I hope y'all brought some stamps, because y'all know I'm about to send it on me. Dirt. I just won hot laps for the third week. Huh? Little Dave said he thinks we're in the first heat. Yeah. So I go and check the board on my bike. Sitting outside cold. Y'all know what it's looking like. Uh-huh. W, W, that's another George W. It hit him with that half a lap. Like, dang, what gear you running in And where'd you get that fire suit? Uh. Man, I like that stitching. Hey. Velocity USA. Hey, just tell Brad that I sent you. I'm shining like I'm... I'm rubbered up and I'm smiling for the pics. Y'all boys be looking tacky, while I stay looking slick. So short. Four new rims, no new friends. They never know what I'm planning. Never. And mama just gave me them eyes like, they maybe you looking handsome. Hey, Brid, be praying, sing the anthem. Nobody takes a knee. Uh-uh. We stop and show respect, cause we're all proud to be. In right. the land of the free and the home of the brave, y'all better wake up and get it. Uh-huh. We're making America great again. Let's all go out and kick it on good. Okay. Dirt. Dirt, 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 I'm all about that Dirt, 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 I'm throwing dirt, 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 I miss that Dirt, 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 gotta get back to it I'm a dirt trackaholic, call it what you call it Saturday night, I am so Kenny Wallace so that Dirt, 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 I miss that Dirt,
5: dirt, dirt, gotta get back to it